gamers. Welcome to the Procrastination Sensation, episode 11. The first ever Procrastination Sensation Games of the Generation Awards. And by that, we're, we didn't take the time to do a full game awards thing and do best racing game of the year and all that. We're just ranking our top 10 games each. I am one of your hosts, Trevor, ray tracing in 4K 60 FPS Sheehan. And I am your other host, Eric, owner of an Xbox Series X, Samino. Yeah, let's get into that, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're just talking about this. You said you're going to say so, it for the podcast, so I'm going to give it to you and let you share your tale. Yeah, so last night I uh, I texted Trevor uh, at like 1 in the morning. I was like, well, I own an Xbox now. Um, yeah. Or I bought an Xbox, whatever it was. Um, and so basically what happened was I was trying to get an Xbox Series S. Um, mm-hmm. And all the links that were being posted, every website I was going to, like, everything was sold out, like, both Series X and Series S. Now, the day we're recording this, this is the release day, right? Yes, yeah, November 10th was the, today was the release day. So, at, like, midnight last night, or what would have technically been today, I, like, jumped on trying to, you know, get an Xbox Series S. Um, what ended up happening is I was waiting in a queue to get on the Microsoft Store, and it said, hey... Uh, if you're waiting to buy an Xbox, uh, you can actually do that from your current Xbox. And so I, like, turned on my Xbox One, and um, and I was able to just go to the store there, and you could buy an Xbox. And so That's I, pretty dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and so I did that. Uh, I First thing I clicked on was the Series S, and it was just, like, forever loading. And then it, it didn't load, so I went to the Series X, and that forever loaded for a second, and that didn't load, so I went back to the Series S. Again, nothing. Uh, finally went back to the Series X, and it said add to cart, and I was like, all right, I guess. And so <laughs> I so I bought it, and it was like, uh, would you like express shipping? Express shipping takes one to two days. The other shipping was like two to three days, and I was like, and it was like an extra like 16 bucks, and I was like, I'm spending $550 yeah. already. What's an extra 16 yeah, that's so. usually how I <laughs> suss that stuff out of my head, where I'm like, yeah. I'm already spending this much money, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go for it. So I did. I did the one to two day shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, click submit order, um, and then I get an email confirmation. So I go to view the email confirmation, and uh, it says expected delivery date, mm-hmm. December 22nd, okay. 2020. Now, I have to ask, that's not one to two days. <laughs> no. Or I have to point out, it's not a question, that's just a fact. <laughs> so, basically what I thought was, oh, like, I'll have my Xbox probably by Friday. Yeah. But essentially what, what had happened was it was like, yeah, like, essentially they're out of, I assume they're out of stock, so they were just like, yeah, we'll send you one, you know, when we get the next batch of them. Yeah. Which will probably be around Christmas time. That's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, so I was a little bummed out. I spent the I spent a good chunk of today, like during my lunch break at work, uh, and then just every now and then checking Twitter to see if anywhere else had posted some to maybe grab one before then, mm-hmm. uh, but I wasn't able to. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Like my whole like it's disappointing, but yeah. um, I feel like I've been saying this on the podcast and just in general for the past few months. Like I don't really need one, and like that's still true. Like I didn't, I didn't need to buy that. I just did. Yeah. Like I, I totally don't need that. I have an Xbox One X yeah. and a PC a pro- that a, a is Project just Project Scorpio as powerful. edition. 
Yes, Xbox Project One Scorpio X. edition. And then yeah. I have a gaming PC, which is at least just as powerful, if not more powerful, than the Xbox uh, Series X. Yeah. So, so you just bought it because you're a you're like a, a big fan of the brand. Honestly, I think that's part of it. Uh, part of it to me was I um, with the Series S, I wanted that for when I do travel down the Cape, so that yeah. I can have something portable. Uh, now I just have a monolith. Um, but like uh, another part of it for me was I really like what Xbox has been doing lately. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're really consumer friendly, and I I like I think they're gonna suffer because Halo got delayed. Um, and I kind of wanted to be like, I'm a big fan of like being like, yeah, of like supporting companies that are doing consumer friendly things. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to just like buy an Xbox. I also like wanted one. So it's not just, that's not the only reason, but yeah, I, uh, I'm fine with my decision. I could cancel it before then if I want to anyway. Okay. So I'm on like, I'm on like an exact opposite end of the spectrum where I'm actively trying to get a PS4 or PS5. Sorry. I already have (laughs) more than one ps4 <laughs> but uh uh and it's we're two days away well technically like basically if you're getting down the semantics like a day from now when we're right. recording is gonna be right before like the floodgates open at midnight right and i have no certainty going into this at all and i it's it's very stressful because my brain isn't like my brain's confused right now because it's like be excited but also at the same time it's like but maybe you won't get one and we don't want you to be excited right (laughs) and i'm sitting here because literally all i'm gonna get is a ps5 i'm i don't care if it's the discless or disc one which realistically there's a higher chance to get one with the disc drive but so either way either way is fine at this point i would even in the in the freak accent where i get i a discless one is available i'll buy i don't care at this point yeah and all, all i'm getting is that and miles morales because which i'm i'm was talking to my roommate about this earlier i'm gonna buy the ultimate edition wherever where you get spider-man ps4 remastered yeah something about just platinuming that again um and that's two games in that but i realized i was i was very fortunate in the time since we recorded last uh the last podcast it was announced that bug snacks is in fact the launch free ps plus game right and so now I don't have to buy Bug Snacks anymore. Right, you can just play it. Because Bug Snacks, you. Bug Snacks is getting like decent reviews. Yeah, I'm hearing really good things about it. I've, I'm seeing like eights. Yeah. Which like as the game I thought would fill the knack hole that I have. Everybody's got a hole that's knack shaped and sized, and I thought Bug Snacks would fill that hole. And if you're telling me I can get it, not technically for free, because I pay for PlayStation Plus, but I don't have to pay whatever it was going to be, like, 40 bucks. I can just play Bug Snacks. Do you think the reason that I feel so empty inside is because I've never filled my knack hole? Yeah. Um, no, certainly. Because if you leave a <laughs> knack hole unfilled, it's really bad for your overall health and well-being. Yeah, it's, it's like being stressed 24-7. You just, and like, the- your health declines constantly. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And the only thing is, is Knack 1 was horrible, but then Knack 2 was, like, good. And you know what's so disappointing? Was that, like, Knack 2 came out, I, like, was playing it, I was really enjoying it, and then my girlfriend broke up with me on 9-11 before I finished, and that just soured the whole experience. It was a bad 9-11. It was was probably the worst 9-11 for me. Yeah. But um, not for the rest of the world. She ruined Bug Snacks for you? Or Knack 2. Or Knack 2, sorry. She ruined yeah. Knack 2 for I had a... So help me God, if she ruins bug snacks for me. 
in a similar situation, I had um, the X Files ruined for me. Oh, because I was a girl. Yeah. How Const- so? Constantly watched it with that person. Oh, and then okay, I got you. We're like, yeah, and then I see ya. Now every time you hear, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily ruined. I just like you start crying in the it. shower with a beer. <laughs> you just do what, stop what you're doing, get in the shower with a beer, and start just a crying. bottle of whiskey. Yeah, you're trying. You got a, uh, somehow a lit cigarette in the other hand in the shower. <laughs> I I could do it. Yeah, I think I could do it. And, but alternating hands in a way that the other one free hand, maybe the cigarette hand, is just against the shower wall. Like, probably, you know, yeah. you can visualize yeah, yeah, yeah. in this like right now. Yeah, and you're just like, yeah. just, just head down, like water pouring over my head. Yeah, and the front bottoms are just bla- like blaring. Yep. Have I ever told you uh, when me and my roommate Kevin came up with a theory about Brian Sella from the front bottoms? No. Is that if you listen to the front bottoms while you're showering, Brian Sella can like enter your body Ooh. and experience what you're doing? Whoa. And all his songs that he writes are about those experiences he has. Oh, that's an interesting There is theory. no backing to this. I think one time Kyle was listening to the front bottoms in the shower, and I was like, that's dangerous. And Kevin was like, why? And then we just made this narrative. But I still want to believe that, like, <laughs> genuinely, Brian Sella can just, like, peer into your body. I'm sure that uh, the only thing that is stopping this narrative from being true is the fact that there's no evidence for it and not the fact that it's just physically impossible. Hey, stranger things have happened. That's fair, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't think Stranger Things have happened, though. <laughs> then Brian Seller peering into your body while you're showering? <laughs> I would uh, easier believe that he would be peering into my We have a president that shower. won't accept that he lost. <laughs> and you're That's... telling me that, like, oh, an emo rock art, folk rock artist can't peer in your body? All right. Um, <laughs> anyways, this is the Procrastination Sensation, your number one podcast for news about Cyberpunk 2077. Yep. Um, and that it doesn't exist. I heard there is no I, cyberpunk. I saw a tweet today. It wasn't anything credible, so I I don't really believe it. But I saw a tweet today that it's possible it gets delayed again. Oh, I'm sure. So, in fact, I will bet you that it gets delayed again. Yeah, I wouldn't be too shocked at this point, honestly. Yeah, I want to believe that the real cyberpunk was within us all along. I want to believe that we've just been cyberpunked this whole time. That was good. That was good. Okay, I wish I show up to your house. I, all right. Well, that's when you just act like you did. But I can't. That's joke stealing. <laughs> you remember like the like Phil Warrell Twitter account that would just steal people's jokes? Oh, yeah. And it was. Yeah. He got away with it for so long. And you're telling me you're not just going to try it. I'm not going to try it. All right, Eric, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, what have I been playing? That's a great yeah. question. Um, I've been playing a little Rocket League lately. Uh, yeah. A little bit of Rainbow Six Siege. Me and Kyle played Siege yesterday. Really? Yeah, I've been playing yeah. on my PC because it was like eight bucks on uh, the UPlay store. Um, I've been mostly playing though uh, a little game called Batman Arkham Asylum. I noticed this isn't even remotely what you put in the Google Doc. No. And I don't like that you have just screwed me. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't mentally ready for you to say what? Arkham, uh, whichever one you said. I already Arkham Asylum. Asylum? Actually, okay. So I actually beat that one the other day. Yeah. Um, overall, it was a really fun game. I what do you think about s- how the ending just completely changes the, bo- the final boss fight? And fight Dude, I was going to say, the final boss fight was just so bad. It was just so underwhelming. All you it do just... is... 
All you do is, like, throw batarangs and punch Joker three times. That's it. I, like, love the concept that it's, like, it is, like, a boss fight with the Joker in a way that, like, wouldn't normally be possible. But, like, I hate that it was executed very well. Yeah, I hate that it just becomes, like, super video gamey. Yeah. Even the Bane, when we last talked about it, you hadn't even gotten to Bane yet, I think. And Bane, think of how, like, Bane introduces you to the, uh, do they just call them the Titans? Right? Are the types yeah, of enemies like the, that Yeah, the are... serum is called Titan, I believe. Yeah, and they just refer like to, as Titan enemies. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I like how that... I always loved how that Bane boss fight is like your tutorial yep. on how to fight them, which he has like a little bit of a... He's like basically like a tougher one. Right. But think of how even that, and you're in like a smaller room, like that's more grounded than the Joker right. boss yeah, fight. Yeah, the Joker one was just so like absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and just... it Like it wasn't... It was just... Like it wasn't very... It wasn't done very well. Like, legitimately, all you did was throw a batarang at him. Yeah. And then he would fall down, and then you would punch him three times as he was, like, stuck in the floor. And then you just did that a few times until he fell through the floor, and he, he got shocked until he was small again. Yeah. Before, because I want to ask quickly, and then I'll go back to something. Have you started the next one yet? I haven't. I was planning okay. on doing that uh, okay. soon. So I, I, I wanted to, like, ask that first, but... I remember I was, I wanted to remind myself to ask you when we eventually got back around, you had gone past it. Cause I think I alluded to it, but it, I told you there was like a cool part. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the parts everyone talks about when they remember that game. So how did you feel about the killer croc sequence? Uh, that was a really fun, like really fun, uh, sequence. Yeah. Like that's like one of, that was like, I still remember I got that game like not long after it came out originally mm-hmm. on PS3. And I remember, like, anything I watched about it, people talking about it, that's, like, the standout yeah. cool part in that game. Absolutely. It's just, like, awesome. I love, like, I just feel like I haven't like talked sneaking, to anyone about... Just, like, sneaking on, like, the, the, like, platforms that are floating as he's swimming is... It's, like, a... It was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, and I want to point out, because I feel like I haven't talked to anyone about this game in a while, is I love the detail that when you get down there, he just sprays the gel on the floor while he's talking to yes. Alfred, and you're like, what is he doing? Yes. And then the payoff is so fucking good. Absolutely. The payoff yeah. was amazing. Um, So did you play this on uh, PC? Yes. Yeah, it was did the, you the watch... collection was on Steam for, like, each game was, like, five bucks or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I went and bought them all. Did you watch, like, the post credit scene? Mm, maybe. Oh, was it the bank robbery? I think... Uh, I don't... No, because so, I'm trying I to remember. Is, like, there's... That, I just remember... What I remember was it was teased that Harvey Dent was robbing a bank and then Batman leaves the island. Okay, because there's something, like, way at the end of the credits that I remember in, back when it originally came out, it was different in the uh, PS3 and 360 versions where okay. it just shows, like, a crate of the Titan serum like floating in the water near arkham asylum like the island yeah and i think in the ps3 version it was like scarecrow's hand reaches out of the water and grabs it and then in the xbox version i want to say it's bane's hand and i was curious as to if the pc version what they did because i don't think it originally came to pc yeah i didn't uh i didn't catch it because either way they're like both in well bane's in bane's in arkham city briefly yeah I don't think Scarecrow is. I don't know. I mean, have you seen that much? You know, Scarecrow's like the main villain in uh, Night, kind of. I did not know that. He is and he isn't. It was in like the main advertising for it. Okay. That's, yeah. But I'm I'm excited for you because City, I still think, is the one even. I'm, yeah, City's the next one I'm playing, which I'm excited. I'm really excited for. 
people, I think it's the one people still revere is the best. Yeah. That's been my personal thing, and I don't even, that's why I was saying too, like, everyone does. It's not like it's like a unique thing, but City right. is basically just Asylum, like, perf- like perfected. Yeah, that's, that's basically what my friends, I've been, like, streaming it in Discord, and my friends have been watching. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically what they've been saying to me, is that City is just, like, a way better version of this. Yeah, because it's and bigger, so been, it's more open. Yeah, I've, I've just been, like, trying, essentially I was trying to push through it this weekend, so I could eventually play City. Yeah. Um, because I, I want to get to that one, because I'm told it's the best of the of the, the Batman games. Oh, certainly, it is. I still think Night is still, like, pretty good. People yep. shit on it when it came out. I still think it's something to be excited for. Okay. Because it is like the ending of the uh, of that trilogy, which story, which is still unclear to me when they announced those two new uh, over the summer that the DC fandom when they announced Gotham Knights and then the Suicide Squad game. Mm-hmm. It's like still so unclear as to whether or not because I'm pretty sure they said Suicide Squad takes place in the Arkham universe after it and. I don't want to, because I won't spoil anything, because the Gotham Knights one also implies that it does, but then yep. they, like, said it doesn't, but then they also said it does. Okay. And I don't know what to think. No. I'm not excited for that game at all. Yeah, me neither. It's like co-op. I mean, they both are. Mm-hmm. So Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad is the actual Rocksteady one. What are we, some type of Suicide Squad? Roll credits. All right. Uh, the last thing I want to briefly mention... Um, is a show I watched uh, over like Halloween called mm-hmm. Over the Garden Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's like it was a show, a mini series that ran on Cartoon Network. Uh, it's like 10, 10 minute episodes, and it's essentially following this uh, story of two like brothers. One of them's like high school aged, and the other one is uh, is a little younger, probably like middle to elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of follow them as they're lost in the woods trying to make their way home. Uh, it's a really, really good show. I highly recommend it. Um, and I don't want to say more than that because that'll actually spoil some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's a really, it's just like really cool and really, um, it's like a lot, I guess, deeper than, than like what it seems. Yeah, like this, so. just the surface level, like. Yeah, exactly. What What did you watch it on? Uh, it's on Hulu, and there's no ads in it because they're really short episodes, so you can just oh. crush it in like a night. I might check that out. I, I recommend it. I would really like to talk to someone about it. I have one friend who watched it. Uh, he was the one who, like, showed me the show. And I, like, was messaging him the entire time I was watching it. I'm going to highlight it in the docs, I remember. Awesome. Uh, I forgot to highlight one L. Uh, we will move on. No one will... Get, no one will... <laughs> no one will <laughs> ever know. know. I might just put that in the thumbnail. But, uh... All right, so, is it, so you don't have anything else, uh... Uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I've been playing and, and watching lately. So I have, I'll give a quick shout out first. I didn't put this so I can throw a fastball at you too, motherfucker. Ooh. I didn't put it in here. I've watched all of the new Eric Andre show episodes. Oh, nice. It's just so it. Me and Kyle have said this, and I've or said to Kyle, and I, I think he's agreed, is that this season it, it exceeds what you could expect from a new Eric Andre season in, a, in like, ways that I couldn't have expected. And I don't know, that kind of sounds redundant, but it's just, like, they go so much harder on, like, the weird shit they do to guess. It's, like, it's funny because you expect that once, like, the show becomes big enough, like, it's a pretty popular show at this point. Yeah. You'd expect that once the show became big enough that they would, uh, they would be a little less weird 
considering that celebrities will kind of know going in what they're, like, like what's going to happen. They're not going to know exactly, but they're going to expect some, like, weird, wacky shit. Yeah, because there's, like, even just interview-wise, there is some, there's already been some big names. Yeah. Like, the first interview of the season is Judy Greer. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which I knew her immediately as Scott Lang's ex-wife from Ant-Man. Yep. I was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, and she... also, yeah. uh, Brenda Song. Whoa. You know who that is? Yeah, she's uh, she's London Tipton. She's also yes. dating Macaulay Culkin, I believe. Is she actually? I la- Last I checked on Macaulay Culkin, yes. Okay, that's funny you should say that because this will be, I was trying to think of one. I, I want to just tell you one as to not spoil. There's been one almost every episode. But there has been, like, in each episode, and this is how much they commit to this shit, yeah. for, like, five seconds of screen time, like, pretty decent-sized celebrities use this just, like, a bit. And so really? there's one where in one of the episodes they had, like, a celebrity psychic on, which I'd never heard of his name at all or anything. But I walk out, or he walks out, and I'm like, oh, I, in my head I'm kind of just like, oh, this guy kind of looks like Macaulay Culkin, like he's, like, younger or whatever. And halfway through the interview... Eric goes, like, has anyone ever told you you look like Macaulay Culkin? And he goes, like, uh, was, yeah. He's like, I like to think I'm I'm better looking than him, though. And, like, the whole, like, band, like, because the, they, they now have, like, a K-pop band, basically. Yeah. For the band, they all start going, like, gasping. And Eric's just like, ooh, shots fired, shots fired. And then the curtain just opens, and Macaulay Culkin runs out in, like, a BDSM, like, leather suit. Oh with a God. With a chainsaw with a really long extension cable. And they cut the we'll be right back thing right before he's, like, about to strike him with the chainsaw. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> running. And I was That's literally, amazing. like, there's, there's multiple, like, instances of that this season. Where they literally <laughs> use, like, a bigger name celebrity that would... That, is too big to be like a guest so like that's what i'm saying we're like they could have just had these people as guests and you'd be like wow they're getting like big people still and Uh it's the fact they got these people just for like a bit yeah it blows my mind and also i do have to point out though it's unfortunate and i wasn't sure i knew he had said this going in but i wasn't sure if it was just like a joke but hannibal burris does in fact quit in the second episode yeah it's sad but they uh replace him with blannable (laughs) because <laughs> when hannibal planable? when hannibal leaves he goes i left he goes in the middle of an interview with some woman or some like younger like she's like a rapper i think hannibal just gets up and he goes i'm tired of this shit and he just goes i quit and then eric's like what and he's like i left you a hair just clone me and they do this <laughs> montage of eric like googling how to clone hannibal burris and he's got like test tubes and shit and then this like big big like dude just comes up and he's like a failed clone of Hannibal called Blannable. And it's like, and he's wearing the clothes Hannibal's wearing, and they're way smaller. Oh my him. God. And then the best part, though, Eric, is that right at the end, it just cuts, and the woman has just still been sitting there. And she goes, <laughs> and she just goes, I have not, I can't even process what's happening right now. <laughs> but also, then ha- Blannable quits. Oh my God. <laughs> and do you know the actor, like Keith Stanfield? Yeah. He was the co host on one of the episodes this okay. week. And it is. I'm telling you, you to watch this. Like, I will, like, like give you my iTunes login because I have the season pass. Okay. I think you can watch them all on Adult Swim, which I want to do. I want to watch I want to watch the show. You should. Because the only thing left I'll say before I move on to the games I had 
is that in the Lakeith Stanfield episode, he just acts like he, him and Eric act like he's Hannibal. Like it gives his title card as Lakeith Stanfield. But when a guest comes in, they like, she mentions something Hannibal did that was funny on an old episode. She's like, yeah, I watched it. And then Lakeith Stanfield's just like, yeah, actually what I did there. <laughs> and like, <laughs> It's so fucking, it's so good. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay, so your homework for next episode is to watch Over the Garden Wall, and my homework yeah. is to watch the Eric Andre show. Yes. Cool. Um, let me just take a sip of my beverage quick. Yeah, no problem. I'll grab a sip of mine. <sighs> Refreshing. So um, I've... Before what? we move on, um, mm-hmm. the Google of the week so far has been me looking up uh, to confirm that Brenda Song and Macaulay Culkin are, in fact, dating. Okay. So that's our Google of the week. Oh, they are? They are? They are. Yes, they are. Oh, okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, so what are you playing this week? <laughs> um, I played two... I mean, they came out almost two weeks ago now, but we haven't recorded one since then, so it's yeah. two new games, technically. Um. So the two games are Pikmin 3 Deluxe and Watch Dogs Legion. And I just beat Pikmin today, so I have more to say about that. And then up until before we recorded, I was, like, actually getting way more into Watch Dogs, so I can only say a little. So mm-hmm. I'll do that first. Like, I probably played, like, five hours of Watch Dogs, but all of it's, like, yeah. fucking around. Um, I really like it so far. I think we've talked about this before because you we lived together when Watch Dogs 2 came out, but I, like, really enjoyed that game. Yep. And I feel like you've said you never really got into them, right? Yeah, I, I could never really get into the Watch Dogs games. Um, I don't know what it was about them. I just was, like, I, they just didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't really, I don't know, I, I couldn't really appreciate them, I guess. I, before I talk about it quick, because I, t- I, I was joking to Kyle yesterday about how in the first Watch Dogs, every five seconds, the guy goes like, Oh, they killed my niece. I need revenge. Yep. <laughs> He's always mentioning it. And I went to, like, at the end of that game, so you never beat the first one, right? No. The guy that you end up killing at the end that's, like, the leader of this organization, he's, like, an old dude. And I wanted to show Kyle the clip of you defeat him by hacking his pacemaker and deactivating <laughs> it. And I shit you not, and I, like, I started cracking up. The cutscene leading up to it, the first thing they say <laughs> is the guy literally goes, you killed my niece, the main character. And I literally kept saying to Kyle, I was like, I'm not exaggerating. He always does that. And that's the first fucking thing you hear. And so that's just the tone for the first game. Yeah. But um, so Watch Dogs Legion, I really like it so far. And from a technical standpoint, I'm sure, you know, the big hook is that you can play as anyone. Right. Um, So it basically plays because they did a big kind of like systems overhaul from one to two in terms of how it played. Yep. And in terms of, like, those options for stealth and stuff, too, especially. Yeah. And non-lethal, even more so, actually, especially. Because um, that was part of the thing in 2, was that, like, the characters were really, like, happy-go-lucky. And so it made sense you could do non-lethal, but you could also do, like, the guns blazing shit. And that was the yeah. whole thing when the game came out. So they still have that going forward. It still plays and feels just like the second one. Like, tweaked so where it doesn't feel like, oh, we waited four years and this is... Doesn't feel any different. It definitely feels improved. Yeah. But with the hook being the play as anyone thing, I have to say it actually works like really well. Um, where you're in London, obviously, and you know, like any Ubisoft game, it's like you zoom out enough on the map and it tells you like the regions yeah. of the area, and they're like, do enough in this and you liberate it or whatever. Um, which I like this at first. You technically can't from the get-go like play as literally anyone because 
the beginning of the game will just ends with like dead sec, which is the organi- organization yep. you've played as, as ki- people from. Yeah. Um, they basically just get like framed for something right away. Okay. And they get like basically just like time passes and they're like non-existent anymore. And you're like rebuilding dead sec basically is like the yep. whole back backing to the concept yeah. of playing as anyone. And when you first start, after they show you how to recruit people, you basically, in any region you're in, you have to, like, the more you do to, like, liberate it, the more, um, like, when you profile people in the old games, you hold on when you look at them, it will say, like, a thumbs down, like, red thumbs down, and you basically, the, the more you get towards liberating a region, like, the more people will be open to being recruited. So oh, okay. it is, like, which I think is fine, because it's, like, it's not, like, right at the beginning you need to be, like... yeah recruiting everyone but the novelty oh, yeah. the novelty's still there where you like see a couple people and you're like oh i can recruit them yeah it feels and, like it might be a little much if they're just like yeah the game just started who do you want to play as yeah and you i was gonna say is when you do the missions they make so it's not like you just walk up to someone and you add them to your roster like they have like dynamically created um like recruitment missions which yeah. isn't, like, a new concept, because even, like, I forget what the term is, but, like, I know Skyrim was big on that, where it's, like, the quest that will just keep happening. Where, like, you'll be in a city and someone will be like, oh, go to this place you've already been to and get this, come back, like, whatever. Yep. That's what the missions kind of feel like, which is, like, to be expected, because they, like, mm-hmm. randomly generate. It's always, like, you talk to this person, now it's, like, go yeah. to this place, it's hack something be, inside of it. It's going to be tough to um, to make, like, a story around those with, like, certain characters. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I feel like that's going to that's what you're going to get in that game. Yes. And that aside, cuz I do want to say quickly, I haven't done too many of the main story missions, but all of the main missions I've done are like what you would expect from a game like that, a Ubisoft game in general where it's always like there's a lot of repetitive side missions you can do if you're like a completionist and you get rewards for shit. But yep. then they always the single player missions, like especially in Far Cry games, are kind of like set pieces. Yeah. Not to the level of, like, a single-player linear game, but you get what I'm saying. Like I do. The ones I've done so far are all like that and feel pretty different, which I've liked them so far. And I was actually, like, probably when we finish recording, I'm going to go back into it, I think. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say is that the side missions do feel repetitive. But the thing I do like about the whole play as anyone thing is they kind of did, like, a genius i mean it, it's kind of like the writings on the wall where how to design this in a way that works is every character you profile they have different like skills or abilities okay and some characters will be like oh they can do um they can always call in like a big cargo drone which are these like big quadcopter drones that are big enough where you can they're meant for like sh- moving containers and you can like mm-hmm. get on it and it, you can use this as a platform oh, like, to get up it'll fly you around yeah so you have people like nice. that you'll have a guy that like i'm and i'm starting to see this is where it really gets kind of like cool and interesting so from a surface level i was like oh i got you have people that have this type of a lot of it's like a skill you would have in the old ones i'm trying to word this like well it's like stuff that instead of a skill tree in this game you have like persistent gear and like like, abilities and gear and stuff yeah you do still have skills each characters yeah you still have like persistent skills across everyone but it's like stuff like it kind of gets the thing from a game where it's like kind of disappointing at first but doesn't really matter too much where it's like they took out your full hacking capabilities from the old games. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, these types of drones, you can only disable them temporarily. If you use the skill, now you can control them. So that's like the skills. But so the individual, like, character-centric skills are pretty cool. 
where they'll be like, oh, you can uh, do like a, a hack where it will like shock someone, which I got a guy where it has that now, which was the thing in the old games. But he also has like an extra buff where any of the hacks that you do to like people, whether it's like distract or shock them like he had specifically, if you yep. hold the button, it'll do like a chain radius around him where like people it'll keep going across people that are close enough to each other where it'll like basically use them as like a person to person network or whatever they explain their phone or whatever and you'll do like a huge chain reaction of shocking a ton of people and i'm like oh it's pretty cool and i happen to luck out and get that on a guy that also has like a thing that shocks people and damages them a lot oh wow and i already thought that was cool but then when i looked into each region if you liberate each of the main regions, there's like specific archetypes of crew members that seems like you have to get all of them before you can beat the game. And one that I'm trying to get right now is like a professional hitman archetype. Oh shit. And I forget. That's pretty like, cool. Yeah, there's like they tell you what their like specific skill is. And I think once you get a main one, it seems like I don't wanna be a hundred percent sure. I think I saw this. Once you get one of these guys that's like their archetype is a hitman, then you can go and recruit people you would see that have that archetype, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Where you're like, the one you probably get isn't like, doesn't have that many good perks, but then you can go and find more on your own, like, volition. It's pretty cool, though, so far. Like, I've enjoyed it. And I'm thinking about checking it out. Um, My, I have a a month of of you play right now. Yeah. So I could play it for, for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but I was leaning more towards Assassin's Creed Valhalla at the moment. Yeah, because that comes out. That's already out. Oh, it came out today. Uh, yesterday, I think. Oh, or okay. Technically, yeah, today. It, okay. It was last night at yeah. midnight. One of my buddies was playing it last night because he used a VPN. Oh yeah, yeah. So he was playing it, technically in London. That was pretty cool. Allegedly. <laughs> but that's uh. That's really all I have on Watch Dogs right now. Like, I do... Uh, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. I'm really enjoying it. Part of me was also, like, I want to wait and play it on my PS5 if I get one. Yeah. Because the one thing I will say is, like, when you switch... um, At any point, you can open up, like, the... Not, like, the start menu, but the one that's the equivalent of, like, the select button. You click in the touchpad, you, your map, yep. your skills, whatever. You yep. can, like, freely... As long as you're not, like uh, like, in the equivalent of, like, being wanted in GTA... Or if you're in a specific area in a mission, you can yeah. switch to any of your other uh, crew members. But it does a loading screen after, which is, like, to be expected, obviously. But that's yeah. why I'm hoping I want to play on the SSD yeah, to see how powered quick that PS5. Because it just feels like it being way more seamless would get me more into it. and feel yeah. Like, sometimes I don't feel like switching to someone if I have someone that's really good. But Right. Uh, hopefully I get a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> um, on thursday but i think you will i'm hoping but uh uh that's all i have for that and then the other game i had is uh pikmin 3 deluxe which okay. like i said today i beat it that game is still like phenomenal really i love it like i've pikmin never is played a pikmin so, game dude they're it's so like just satisfying really um because you know how it plays at all not really so basically like boilerplate explanations it's like you're a group, you know all of them are, obviously, from Smash. Yes, yes. So they're, like, these alien things that crash land on right. a planet that you would assume is Earth. And I feel like it's way more implied in the old ones because you're finding, like, they're, t- they're tiny little alien beings, little spacemen. Right. And in the old ones, it's, like, you crash land on a planet, and he's, like, alone by himself, and then you find, like, the Pikmin, or, like, these little, like, plant creatures that you pick out of the ground. Mm-hmm. 
And it's basically, um, I'm trying to think of the best way, because it's basically Nintendo's attempt at like a real time strategy game where instead of like really? the overhead view of usually in those games, like in a game like Civ, it's like you're like a overhead view of like a um, kind of like a God character where you're not like a yeah. tangible character on the map. And you're Pikmin, like moving units around. So like you're moving units around in this game. Yes. You walk around like decently sized, especially in three decently sized maps. And there's a time limit for each day. And you go around and you start, there's different, the different colors of Pikmin of like okay. different skills. And I'm trying to think, because I want to explain the basis of Pikmin first to where it, so I can then go into how 3 makes it even better, is in the baseline all the Pikmin games is there's always some sort of thing you're trying to collect. Um, and in 3, it's you're trying to collect fruits that are, like, very clear. Like, that's why it's implied it's on Earth. It's, like, strawberries or something, things like that, which to the characters you're playing as, they're, like, giant to them. Yeah. And you move around these battlefields with the Pikmin that you pick out of the ground and then start with like a, you start with like a smaller squad and there's different like these like pellet things that you basically command your Pikmin to like pick up and bring back to your ship and then it plants more Pikmin. Mm-hmm. And then you can grow like you go and pick those. You, you're move, going on moving back and forth around the battlefield. All right. OK. And you then like as you're crossing over, you're trying to find these fruits that you can have um, a supply of like rations of juice for your crew. And you have to constantly, like, in the third one, like, the hook is kind of, like, it's really easy. You don't, it's, or what I should say, is really hard to run out because they're, like, everywhere. Yeah. Usually they're in, like, hard-to-reach places. But it's, like, you're pretty, it's pretty easy um, to bank, bank up because when the day ends, the time limit ends for the day, you got to get back to your ship. And um, if you run out of, like, juice, the ga- it's a game over. But I usually, at most points, had, like, ten rations or whatever left. Okay. Now, so that's, like, the basis of, like, mo- all the Pikmin games, really, is, like, you're trying to collect some resource, you're going around, you fight enemies, obviously, like, you throw yeah. the Pikmin at them. You have units fighting other units, whatever it is. Yeah, you have, like, the red Pikmin, they're good against fire, resist fire, the yellow ones are electricity, the blue ones can go in water, there's a couple more they add in three, but they all have, like, different strategies, and it's a lot of, like, how many of each type are you going to take out with you? It's kind of, like, the strategy to it. Yep. And the way Pikmin 3 kind of changed it, and I think 2 kind of did this a little bit, but in 3, there's three playable characters. And when you are going, when you start a level, you start like a day, they're all in the squad with you with the Pikmin. And what okay. you can do, it works better, kind of, I hate to say it, on the Wii U, but it's still oh. doable on the Switch. Was that, because yeah. it was the gamepad. I think it's the first the time anyone's ever said that. It'll make sense, though, because you can then throw out one of your other like crew members that look like you like a little spaceman and give them like a small any amount it's not like it has to be a smaller group but separate your pikmin and give them a group and you can the way i, I say it worked better on the wii U is on the wii you could immediately just tap with the stylus somewhere and, and it does like have them auto walk to this place which yep. on the switch is you just open up the map and move a cursor there but you kind of it gets this like good gameplay loop going of you being like you start a day and you're like, okay, last time I was going, I found this stuff over here. There was a lot of enemies there. So I'm going to give this character like a bunch of the rock Pikmin that do a lot more damage when they're throwing out stuff. Start to send them there and then switch to one of my other characters. Get them going to this area. It's got a lot of water. So I give them a ton, a ton of blue Pikmin so they can go in there. Yep. It's all delegating. And there's the three playable characters. So anytime you can be like three completely different groups and all you have to do is hit the D-pad buttons to switch between them and it's like seamless. Okay. So it's just really just like genuinely satisfying real time strategy thing going where it's yeah. like 
you're suddenly you see ones getting attacked, so you switch them and you're fighting them, and then you realize, oh, when your other ones, it never gets too stressful like this, but it's like you got one group fighting something, and then you get the alert that the other ones are being attacked, and you're switching around, and then you're trying to get as much stuff as you can get in that day and bring it back. Yep. It's just genuinely satisfying, though. It has, like, so much of that Nintendo charm, seems, too, Yeah, though. it seems interesting. Yeah. There's, like, different enemy types that you immediately know. It's a lot of, like, at first, like, kind of, like, a learning curve of, like, being, like, oh, these enemies, like, are start to shock your Pikmin if they're on it. And uh, so you're, like, oh, throw the yellow ones at that or this or that. It's really good, and I forgot because it was actually the game I bought a Wii U for back in the day. It was really? the first game I bought for it because I loved, like, the first two. And I forgot how the last level genuinely spikes in difficulty compared to the last game. Or the the, the, the whole rest of the game, I mean. Um, okay. Think of everything I just explained to you, but that's all happening while you have the persistent threat of a big enemy slowly chasing you through a cave. Oh, God. So think of all the delegation of your different it's- squads. It's like that zombies map where George Romero is always chasing you. Yeah, kind of, honestly. Because <laughs> you really don't have to do too much of, like, the delegating I just explained. Like, there's certain areas where it's specifically, like, uh, you'll see, like, a cliff or something. like, And it's like, oh, you can throw one of your people across the other side, give them some Pikmin, and then they can yep. go over there and do stuff. That's the only time you really, like, have to do in the main game. But in that last level, you, like, have to do the delegating to be, like getting all this stuff done before it catches up to you. It's, it is like an enemy that's moving really slow, so it's not like it's like even slower than George Romero, I'll say. Yeah. But uh it is genuinely and it was and I did the whole rest of the game on hard and I had to switch it back down to like normal. Which is just basically all all that is in the difficulty settings is like how much damage you take, the enemies take, and then also the other difference is the amount of time in each day. Okay. I'm excited though because they did add completely which I haven't beaten yet, a prequel and epilogue, like extra missions that are completely new in it. And then also they added like a new game plus mode that is the hard mode, but instead of having 100 Pikmin on the battlefield at once, the max is 60. Okay. And there's parts where like you're basically getting close to needing to use like 60. Imagine how many Pikmin you could have on the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5. Uh, four. Oh. Yeah, four. Because okay. 4K. 4K. Uh, oh, yeah. You get a 4,000 Pikmin. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Okay, yeah. Let's go with that. But that's all I got to say about Pikmin. I highly recommend it. It is a Nintendo $60 game, so it's kind of like the steeper thing. Maybe wait till it's on sale. Yeah, which Nintendo the... games don't do too often, so you might be waiting for a while. I would honestly like say the next time, maybe even like next summer, when there's another dry spell of like games. Yeah. That, that'd, that'd be a good one time. grab. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, is there anything? Uh, uh, is there anything else you got for uh, games? Anything? No, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I um, I was gonna try to get into Resident Evil Seven because that's on Game Pass. Oh yeah. Um, but I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and do Arkham City or uh, or Assassin's Creed Valhalla instead. Yeah. So. I'm 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 interested to play. Uh, Valhalla, but I, that's definitely one that I was like, I'll at least wait until I have a PS5 to do that. Yeah, that was the one so if I um, if I had my Xbox this week, I, that was probably the game I was going to buy to play on it. Yeah. So, I'm kind of, I was kind of in the same boat as you, but I'll, I'll just play it on PC. Not a huge yeah. deal to me. 
All right, so we got a main topic. Oh, my Damn mic right almost just fell over. Uh, got a main topic for today's show. Me and Eric are gonna we're gonna do our top ten games of the generation. Yep. Which I consider for this technically the Switch. I, I considered the Switch as well. The Switch is part of this generation as yes. far as we're considering it, but it's technically actually the first console of the generation that's just started. If you're going to, I mean, yep, that was like a at odds with what I just said. <laughs> I say it was part of the one that just started. But um, but yeah, like the PS5, Xbox series, yeah, whatever the fuck. It's technically part of that generation. Yeah, yeah but we're just going to count it. But the Wii U just doesn't count. So The Wii U was part of the PS4, Xbox One generation. Yeah. But whatever, Nintendo does their own whatever. Yeah, they just do whatever they want, apparently. Yeah. Um, so anyways, okay. for our top tens, I think we're going to start at ten, go down, we're going to trade off. Yep. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions for games that you enjoyed? Yes, so first? I would like to just throw out a couple. We don't have to talk too much about these. Yeah, um, you can just throw them out. Just do just all yours first, I'll do all mine. Games after. I enjoyed that I played a lot, maybe didn't necessarily beat, or maybe I just couldn't find room for on my list. Um, one game that I, like, never ended up beating that I really loved was Dying Light. Um, thought oh that was my an God, incredible wait. game. I gotta add that to my list, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was, on uh, that one's on my list of honorable mentions. Um, I've got Overwatch on my honorable mentions list. Um, the Fractured But Whole, that South Park game. Uh, that one was really good, but I, again, just couldn't really find space for it. Um, there's a game called My Friend Pedro, which is, uh, published Kyle by played Devolver. that on my Switch. It was a really fun shoot-em-up. Um, it was one of the only shoot-em-ups I really played this generation, so I felt like I should throw it on. I really, I really did enjoy that game. If, if you're looking for, like, a cheap, like, $20 game that you can just, you know, play for a weekend and beat, I highly recommend that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and then I have Wolfenstein The New Order. Oh, uh, that was okay. a really fun one that I ended up beating. Oh, and uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was on there as well. Gotcha, gotcha. All well, right. Those are my honorable mentions. I'm just checking to see if we have any last-minute submissions for when we read off fan ones at the end. Yep. But no, we don't. We got a while. Okay. In there. All right, so my honorable mentions. I actually just removed this from my list to make room for Dying Light. Okay. So spoilers, Dying Light's going to be my number 10. I'll talk about it. <laughs> But my honorable mentions, the one I removed was Ratchet and Clank 2016. Okay. Loved it. Highly recommend it. It's always on sale now. To begin with, it was only $40, and it's like a perfect jumping in point, especially with the new one coming to PS5. And then my uh, biggest honorable mention is Skyrim Special Edition. Yep. I would have put it on the list, but I felt like that would have been dirty. Uh, (laughs) Because it's (laughs) still Skyrim. I would have allowed it, but yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Devil May Cry 5. Uh, these are all ones okay. that I was like really. Now we're getting into the ones that I really was like struggling. These are like almost ended up on the list because Devil right. May Cry Five, Mario Odyssey, uh, Uncharted yep. Four, A Thief's okay. End, Metal Gear Solid Five, and this one I truly wanted to put on my list, but I feel like it kind of just like deserves to be like the number one honorable mention. Actually, honestly, is um, Smash Ultimate. Okay. Yeah. Because I that's like a game I've played so much and I yep. love it. It's a near perfect smash game it's yep. not actually perfect um because melee is the only perfect smash game continue no melee sucks um <laughs> grow up <laughs> it's not 2002 anymore what uh but yeah so i got smash ultimate uh they put joker from persona on it uh that's a little foreshadowing 
um, all right. So now we're going to kick it. So you got all yours done, right? I do. Throw all mine out. Do you want to go first? And then we'll, first. you'll do your 10. I'll do my 10. Then we'll go on. From yeah, there. I'll, I'll gladly go first. All right. So I'll throw it to you for your all number right. 10. Number 10. Burger King Footless. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Ooh. Um, this one, so honestly, PUBG, bad game. But I love it. Um, it's one of the, it's definitely, uh, if you didn't put together every mad game, it's probably the game it, I played the most. It is the single game I've played the most on this generation. Yeah. I have over 50 days on that game. That is pa- powerful. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just enjoyed, I had a, a bunch of friends I made playing it, um, and I just enjoyed playing the game with them. Um, and I, honestly, it's good gameplay. It's super buggy. They never fix anything. Um, it plays much better on PC, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but the console version is just it's just not very good. Um, but yeah, I, I loved playing it. I felt like I had to include it because I just played it so much. So it gets the number 10 spot. That's fair. That's fair. I, I agree. That game is also just like very important, historically speaking, yeah, for this it generation. Yeah, it the Battle Royale uh, uh, trend or whatever you want to call it. The fact that it influenced a Call of Duty game at the end of the day, because you could argue yeah. Fortnite did more, but this started it really. For sure. Um, the fact that it influenced a Call of Duty game to scrap their campaign, like finishing their campaign and focus on a Battle Royale mode. Yeah. Is pretty crazy. I, yeah, it's a pretty influential game. Yeah. Um, especially in these last like, three years or whatever of the generation. Yeah, it's one of those like cool time capsule things where if you went back like four years, because it came out early 2017, right? Yeah, I'd say 2017 sounds right. I want to say it was, it was around, like, May. Yeah, because it definitely it. wasn't... I don't know that... It may have been around when we were at Dartmouth when we were living together. Yeah, but just, but like, it very wasn't, early. it wasn't, like, popular. Yeah. Because either way, I was going to say, it's like, if you went back, like, four years, 2016, and told yeah. someone that a game called PUBG, or even Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, would heavily influence a Call of Duty game... Like, yeah. it'd be, like, a crazy... One of those crazy like, what, things you'd be like, what are you who talking? the hell are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> who is Player Unknown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so my number 10. Uh, spoilers that were already made, but it's Dying Light. You reminded yeah. me. I can't believe I forgot about it, and I guess yeah. I kind of, like... I don't know if it... That's why it has to be number 10. I feel like... I played that game. I remember it came out our it senior year during us so the when i bought it was during a snow day yeah um and That's me and I'm all my friends this. just played the shit out of it for like two days because we had like two days off from school that was i think still when g- games like regularly came out on tuesdays yeah because now it's like yeah. pretty unanimously fridays like big games absolutely yeah and i remember it came out like the tuesday and i think the wednesday was when we had like two snow days in a yep. row yep and i remember i like looked at the store like i saw that being advertised looked at the reviews i was like it looks pretty good and I, that game was way better than I could have, like, imagined it being. Same. I, um, my friends were just playing it, and they were, like, three of them, and they were like, hey, like, we want a fourth, jump in, grab the game. Yeah. I was, I was like, okay, like, I guess I'll pick it up. Like, I haven't bought a game in a while, let's, let's just do this, it's a snow day, I don't care. Um, and ended up being a fantastic game. Yeah, and it's actually interesting, too, is that I played it entirely, I never played it online with anyone. Really? I play entirely single player, and even then, like, without the aspect of, like, because I think I dabbled in it a little bit, like, multiplayer way after the fact. I yep. think on PC, at least. I think I played with Dan once. Okay. Um, But that game, because that game had, like, just breathes that, like, energy of, like, co-op. It's even enriched by co-op. 
if that yeah. makes sense, where the mechanics, yeah. it's like pretty mechanical for a game that you could play online with people in yeah. terms of like the parkour and shit. So even playing that game single player, I still just like the, the fact, like, I still think the moment to me that was like, this is awesome is when like you go to a second area. Yes. And I was like, this whole area was already huge and it just felt so like for a pretty barren, like slum kind of town, it still felt so like lively, if that makes sense. It's not even like we traditionally say is lively in like a setting. It just feels like a real like world place. Yep. And when you go to that second world, not the second area of the world, like the the the, the city is it is that called yeah, that part's like old cross, town, right? Is it the bridge you have to cross? Yes. Yeah. So not only do you go to a new area and it, the aesthetic is like pretty different, is that also when you get there they give you a grappling hook. Yes. And that to yes. me was when I was like cuz that's the point where you've already mastered the parkour, you're already like wicking into it and they're like and here's a way that shortcuts the parkour. Running. And the the controls of it at first are so weird, and like they just feel so wonky. Well, because they're the mirror's get, edge controls. Like, yeah, but yeah. once you get used to it, like RV as like the climb and parkour button just feels so natural. Oh yeah. So I just got, and also before we move on to year number nine, I got to give a quick shout out to the DLC. Yeah. That came out. I actually, when, never played the DLC. Actually, it came out the tour in the winter of our like a, about a year after the game launched because it was the winter of our freshman year at UMass Dartmouth, and I remember yeah. it was when I. had lived in the single and i remember like when it came out i played that like non-stop for a couple days because i don't remember if it i you know must have not been in the base game is you have a car in the dlc yeah. i remember the two big hooks was that you got a car and a crossbow okay <laughs> but also it's just like it was like a whole new area and it was pretty cool it was like a seaside yeah. area it's awesome but anyways dying light my number 10 what's your number nine my number nine is animal crossing new horizons Ooh, i like it um, I absolutely grew up on Animal Crossing. Um, there was, like, a phase in my life where, uh, me and one of my lifelong friends would just, uh, leave school. This was, like, middle school around when City Folk came out on the Wii. Mm-hmm. We would just leave school, and the first thing we did when we got home was turn on our Wiis, and we would just play Animal Crossing for hours on end. Um, and we'd just play online with the fucking stupid Wii Speak. Where I was about to ask. Come through oh TV. my god! I was literally about to ask you, if, like, do you remember the Wii Speak? Yes, absolute trash. Uh, <laughs> I want to uh, preface before I let you keep going on that as a guy. I knew uh, this isn't on my list, but new or yeah. uh, New Leaf was the first one I actually played. So it's really yeah. cool. I've never actually not many of my friends growing up like had the Wii one. So yep. this is like yes, interesting so to me. So keep I'll let you keep going. I think Animal Crossing also came out at a great time. Uh, kind of coincidentally, like right in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, yeah, no, right, bef- right when it started. Yeah, that's true. Right at the beginning yeah. of it. Um, it's just, uh, it was like a great, it was a great like reboot of the series. I, I guess not reboot, but follow up to the series. Um, and I just, I will always love Animal Crossing. Getting another one when I, uh, I like just getting another one at this age. Like I still loved it. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun to play another one again. Um, and that's that's pretty much why it's on my list. I think my only reason this is due to my own experience that didn't end up on my list is that when I when it came out, my roommate Kevin also wanted to play it. And his brother who lived with us, like when he moved back to like their dad's house, he took the yeah. switch that was like, I think it was originally his, but they both used it. Yeah, he really wanted to play it, so I think I've mentioned before on here, and you know it specifically, is that I also have a Switch Lite. 
and right. then the Switch I got day one. So he he played it on my regular Switch, and I played it on the light, and there's no save data transfer at all. Uh, and so I've only experienced it handheld. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be coming like any it's they said fall would be when they would add it in. So yeah. at any point now I'm expecting one day they'll just do like a random direct and be like, here it is. Yeah. But, I um I was just looking through a bunch of my Switch games this week to, to try and figure out what would be on my list. Mm-hmm. And that was easily the game I had the most time in and it was over hundred and twenty hours. Mm-hmm. So I like I just played the shit out of it. It was so much fun. Um, just like it seems like it would be a really mundane thing, like fishing and like picking fruit and digging stuff up. But it's it's so much fun to like collect stuff in a museum and and see like a fossil collection grow. I don't know. Yeah, it's just no, like I, a satisfying thing to do. And and I think it is truly. It came out at the most perfect time because yeah. it's so hinging on you playing it. Like it's for a couple hours every day if you really want. Yes, to. especially yes. early on too. Like you really. Like, I'm at a point where I'll check in, like, once a week. Same. But it's, like, early Same. on, you're like, oh, I'm, I want to make sure I can get a basement so I can fill it with squids and skeletons. Yep. You know, like everyone I, else that plays the game. I was, like, playing the stock market, like, buying and selling turnips. I've still never done it. <laughs> and, like, I, I was just, like, I got way more into it this time around than I ever did when I was a kid. Yeah. I never really did the stock market when I was younger. Uh, but, yeah, I, yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizons, great game. I agree. I, I should honestly, I, I'm retroactively putting it on my honor, honorable mentions. Okay. I'm not even going to edit it into there. I just want to say I, now. I think we're going to have a few of those as we keep going. Yeah. I think there's one game on here that I, you may have forgotten about. I'm curious if it'll be on your list. It probably won't be, I would yeah. imagine. Cause I don't mine, think it will either. Mine, once you hit like, honestly, number eight, it's all like big releases, really. Yeah, mine, actually, mine are, mine are too. And I'm, like, mad because I wish I don't want to, like, give off a, a veil of unprofessionalism, uh, unpro- unprofessionalism or just being unprofessional. So yeah. I didn't really, I didn't, like, I should have really dug through my Switch, especially, is the one I didn't really look at. A lot of indie games on there. In the library. Um, and I don't even want to, like, do the whole rigmarole of popping it out now and being like, I'm going to yeah. change my thing. So yeah. I'm sure the shit I missed, and maybe I'll add in an honorable mentions at a later point. If we do yep. like just a switch centric one or something at some point, but yeah. Um, so I was, I'm going to move on to my number nine. Do you have anything else? Are you, uh, no, I'm good. All right. So my number nine is technically it was cross gen, but I'm still putting it out on mine since I waited and got it when I got my PS4 yep. for my birthday, but it's Assassin's Creed black flag. Okay. I still think, and uh, here's, I, here's the thing. You know, I've literally just said there's a game on here that you might not mention. Is yours that, on there? Yeah, that's on my list. That, in my opinion, is the best Assassin's Creed game. Um, so this is the first time on our list Agreed. that we've both, uh, we have something we have in common early on yes. already. So do you want to yes. just kind of do this as like a dual discussion? Then For we, sure. When we get to yeah, yours, you just... And we'll just, we'll just go past it when I... When yeah, I you can just it. like mention it when it comes up, what number it's at. Or what yep. number, what number do you have it I at? I have it at four. Okay. I yeah, pretty hot. Really, like, I would... It's one of those things where I would have put it higher. Yeah. But everything For else me, I have left on here came out after it and is thus, like, the bigger games got or more untethered yeah. to the last gen. But uh, for, for me, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was the last good Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, I Not to say that the, these ones are bad. They're just... The more recent ones to come out aren't for me. They're, yeah. like, Unity I didn't think was good, and then everything since is been really like really rpg 
Yeah, when they switched um, to like an Origins, when they switched to the more yeah. the, the Witcher style. Yeah, which is wasn't exactly what I was looking for with Assassin's Creed. Yeah. And I know I just said that I wanted to play Valhalla, but it, like Valhalla just seems more interesting to me than the the settings of like Odyssey and Origin. I agree because the aesthetic, first of all, like Vikings is one of the ones people yeah. always wanted. The like the last one I feel like they have that is heavily fan requested is Feudal Japan. Yes. Which we'll get to obviously. And uh and Ghost of Tsushima just did that. Yeah. But I um also want to point out like part of the reason I feel like and I agree to get excited for it is that they and I'm sure you were aware of this is that they pointed out in the preview or talking about it was that it's definitely it's smaller than yes the map is smaller because Odyssey you didn't play them at all right the new two I I like bought uh, Origins was Origins the one in Egypt yes I bought that and um I played it for like 20 minutes and I was like wow I don't like this. And then I just I, stopped playing it, and I paid full price for it, and I just <laughs> never opened it again. So I I bought Origins Day and Date because it's still I still always remember this this specific day, uh, October twenty seventh, twenty seventeen, is the day that a lot of things came out, and that includes Mario Odyssey. Yep. Weezer's Pacific Daydream album. Okay. Stranger Things season two. Oh. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Origins all came out in one what day. What a day. Yeah, I was very depressed wow. at that time. Well, <laughs> um, I, before we get really into the in the meat of uh, Black Flag, I just want to say I out of the ones I'm excited for Valhalla, uh, right? I said it right. It's not right. Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Colin Moriarty. I always get the same thing wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I really liked Origins. I thought that was the first of the Witcher style heavily RPG'd. Yes. I beat it, and I think it was really good. Still going to say Black Flag is the best one. They never got better after that. I got Odyssey when it came out, played it for a little bit, fell off when other games came out. Recently this summer, actually, I think I mentioned it recently in the podcast, was that I picked it up again, realized how many quests I did to go up one level, and then said, this is just too big. Yeah. And never touched again. So that's why I'm excited for Valhalla. But anyways, Black Flag, um, did you play it on the current gen? I played, yes, I played it on my Xbox One. Okay, because I remember from when they announced it, I was very excited for it. And then when they said it would be the cross gen, and I saw the comparisons, I was like, I'm gonna wait and get it. Yeah, like, and I did obviously, the same thing. it also came out. I got it. I got my PS4 for my 17th birthday, so that was when I was actually old enough to buy M games to be with, anyways. And it would it'd be a pretty hard sell to get my mom to buy me a game that has Assassin in the title yeah. and also Creed. Like they're like, I, what are you gonna learn? Like a creed on killing people? I yeah, I did the same thing, and I would, <laughs> I assume we did the same thing, where yeah. I would just go to the like GameStop and buy, uh, Microsoft points, or just like Xbox money. Yeah. And then just use that to buy the game. I honestly like, and it's not even like I wasn't like woke enough to understand that. I just like never did that for some reason because yeah. I was so like indoctrinated in the GameStop culture of being like if I. I keep selling games to get new ones and sell more to get new in, ones. And I was, was like, very much in that as well. Yeah. I was very much, uh, like, there's so many, like, there's so much stuff I regret selling. Yeah. Now that when I look back. But Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think this was the first one to really, because the new ones have the sense of discovery with the scope of the world. Yeah. But this was the first one to have, like, a huge world. Yeah. Because of the ship sailing. Dude, the like, ship the ship selling in that game was like the best ship selling mechanic in any game I've ever played. And yes. that includes Sea of Thieves. And I think 
the reason that this game is so perfect is it still had the traditional like the cities like the locations that yes. felt what you knew about basically the way i look i look at it and I, I looked at it at the time and still do is you took assassin's creed 3 was like fine the american revolution yeah. one and it had the the major cities you go to boston you go to new york but it yep. had like the frontier in the middle and that yes. was one of the first times that it was like a big sprawling open world open, and i still remember yeah. the first time you have connor you journey from the guys like farmstead into to boston it, it truly feels like you went on like an adventure like you're like yes you go all the way there they took that and said like and they can get away with making it bigger because you're restricted to just ship travel yep um and you can get away with big sprawling like seas with not much around you really but the fact you could just like dot you didn't even need to, you could dock your ship to go to the cities, but you could just drop anchor anywhere and swim if you really want to. Absolutely. But the little like islands you found anywhere. Yeah. You, you were like the floor. That was truly to me, like the first time I played a game and it's crazy how much we take this shit for granted now. Yeah. It's like, you're just like, you drop the anchor and you go off and you're like, Oh, in this little Island, there's a treasure chest to find or yeah, there's like a cool outfit hidden in this Island somewhere. Yeah. Or like the hunting, they took the hunting from three. And they're yep. like, oh, you want to get a whole more bullets? You got to kill a bunch of fucking um, iguanas, you little idiot. One thing that I hate, one thing that uh, I was thinking about recently is um, is another thing about games today that was kind of taken from Assassin's Creed 3 is whenever you're, like, being trained to use a bow in a game, yeah. it's just like a hunting mini game, and it's so absolutely boring. Yeah. And I just, I just hate those. It's better. It is better than the ones in three, though, where the guy's yeah. like actually training you, and it's like, here, do all these dumb tasks. Where it's like, yeah, here's a. I, and I think, and I want to like bring this around to to kind of like come, kind of like put to the book end of the discussion on Black Flag because we've already yep. talked about the gameplay of the world. Really, the gameplay is like mm-hmm. not too different than the last ones, but yeah, I think the yeah, s- story wise, and this ties into it with the tutorialization. This game is, I feel like, it's a perfect storm. Is I. To this day, and I need, do need to point out that when they released this for the Switch, at the right at the be, it was right at the end of last year because I bought yeah. it at the beginning of this year, back in January. But they released this in uh, Rogue, which was the one that came out last for the last gen systems when Unity came yes. out only for current gen. Um, so I played it all again and experienced it again this year, so it's like fresh in my mind. But I will always love how after the you get an Altair game, you get three Ezio games where you're tired at the end of this. You get you get the Connor game. You all go through their like origin in a way of the t- the t- the t- uh, tutorialization of being in the trained by an assassin or whatever. Yeah. This game's story is you're literally a dude that just left England to become a pirate and he yep. left his pregnant wife and he's like I'm okay, gonna, gonna get make, some money. I'm gonna make a name for us. Yeah. I'm gonna get come back with a ton of money. It is like his wife's like dad hates him. They just mentioned like one cutscene. She's like, my father. Yep. She's like, my father thinks you're a deadbeat, and he's like, no, I'm gonna be- go plunder some ships. And the fact that you literally just—it's such a cool narrative explanation—is that your ship that you're on happens to have someone on it that's a target for an that's, assassin. Yeah. And you're the sole survivors of the shipwreck. You you wash up on the shore together, and you kill this guy and just take his his assassin ropes. Yep. You go to uh, Kingston, I think, is the first place you go to. Sounds right. I want to say. It might be Havana, it's honestly. Wh- it's been a while. I think, I think it's Havana. Yeah, but you, you are. Get, yeah. And you do the mission, I remember, to this day, and I played it recently, but it's still before that I remembered it. It's called Duncan Walpole, comma, I presume. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the assassin you take the thing of and is his identity. And when you get the way they tutorialize to you, like a lot of the assassin techniques is like you get there and they're literally like, 
we want to see how good of, a, of an assassin you are, like in this like complex in the middle yeah. of Havana. And that's when you do like all your tutorials. It's just like, well, I guess I'll do this shit. So I get the <laughs> money from them I'm waiting to get. Yeah. And you're doing all the pay bail shit. It's just beautiful. And I still love how Great like game. the assassins approach him at some point in the story. And they're like, you killed one of us. Like, yeah. do you want to be one of us? And he's like, no. Yeah, they're totally like, yeah, we know that, you know, we know what you did. Yeah, and then he basically continues his plight to be a pirate, learns that they're all a bunch of fake posers, yeah. and then he's like, fuck it, and then he joins the assassins, and it's just yeah. like, I love it. It's a great story. I still think I... I think it's... Even with how complex the gameplay is now in them, I think it's going to be hard for him to ever top it for me. Agreed. Agreed. In terms of, like... the, And I think it is, like, a perfect storm of the exploration. The gameplay is familiar, but, like, a little different, and then the story yeah. is, like, so different compared to all of them. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. And shout out to the fact that the uh, present day justification shit is literally Abstergo's like, we're making a video game. Oh my God. About pirates. It's too and then you, you no, but then you learn that they're actually still like trying to figure out Apple of Eden shit. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. So, anyways, shoot to your number eight. My number eight is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Ooh, so this is my number two. Okay. Yeah. So I there's one reason I thought about moving mine up, mm-hmm. moving this up on my list, and there's one reason that it isn't, and it's because I never beat it. Okay. Um, you I watched put, me beat it. To be fair. Yeah, I put like over forty hours into the game. Okay. Um, and I had a con- like a carrying container that I used to keep my Switch in, mm-hmm. that I just lost. Oh, and with it had the games my Breath in it? of the Wild game in it. Gotcha. Um, so I was never able to beat it. I never, like, went back and picked up another copy or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had done, like, three of the four, uh, what were they, beasts or whatever? Yeah, Divine Beasts. Divine Beasts. I, I do want to, I just, I, I wanted to say this before I forget, because that, you just gave me a flashback. Is that exact thing happened to me with my Vita, where I really? lost the carrying case of the games in it, and it was after my family went to Costa Rica. Oh, so no. somewhere in Costa Rica has been... Your my Vita case. Vita case with like two cartridges in it. I like to imagine that someday you're going to be walking down the beach in Marshfield and it's going to wash up in front of you. I have n- literally no reason to ever go to a beach in Marshfield ever again, <laughs> but I would like to believe this like narrative. Yeah. Maybe w- one day when I have children, we're yeah, walking you, the beach and you return like, back. You're like, this is your old man's PlayStation Vita case. And I go, shut up, old man. They're going to start flying <laughs> away because that's what they can do now. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what's a Vita? And I'm like, <laughs> sit down and be like how i met your mother yes this is the man i'm like how i lost my vita case <laughs> the year was 2011 vita means life but anyways back to the divine beasts yeah you find that you did like two of them so i did like the three of the four divine beasts and that was when uh, i lost the game mm-hmm. and it was just such a fun game there were some issues with it specifically the uh the weapon breaking yeah how quickly that happened um, but overall, love the game. Um, I would love to finish it someday. Yeah. Um, so perhaps I'll pick up a copy of that in the, in the near future and finish it. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, uh, like that's worth like picking it back up if it's yeah. ever on sale. Um, I, uh, you'll, you'll remember that I did what I was hoping to do for my PS5 until I learned that they would all be online orders, but I waited yep. outside and uh, the, I believe at the time it was like, I want to say it was like seven degrees outside the night that I waited outside of Best Buy in Dartmouth. And um, 
to slay to 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 w- slave away in the cold and wait amongst a bunch of uh diehard gamers yep. to get my Nintendo Switch and just a copy of Breath of the Wild. The neckbeards of the neckbeards. Oh, precisely. Yeah. I had downloaded that was right when Netflix added the feature where you could download stuff to watch offline. And I remember from that experience I watched Sausage Party. <laughs> nice. Wait in line. I remember Getting in, but when all was said and done, I got I luckily secured one. I got back to our our dorm at like, I want to say like it was probably closer to one. I think you were about you were getting in bed. Yeah. And I was like, Eric, I just got a switch. I will be up for another hour probably, <laughs> if class at eight. But we'll do what we got to do. And yep. I just remember sitting down, and it turned into me playing it for like probably two hours, where I was like, this is just amazing. Yeah. And that was like all I played for like. I didn't even beat it until, like, honestly, I want to say a month later. Because I do say, I did just, just said that was all I played for a bit, but I do want to say, like... There, there is so much to do in that game. Yeah, and I like, remember... I played it for 40 hours, and I feel like there was so much stuff I just didn't do. I think that game has an unrivaled... And it is, like, I... The reason I bring up my story of getting it at launch is it's intrinsically tied to it, obviously. Is I think there... If, if not, of people baseline other than reviewers... Having the game because it was also to launch the new console, and that's what we're going through now. Where I've, I've gone up to look up, I've gone to looking up like Spider Man Miles Morales shit, and it's only like the big like games journalist types that it got that got the consoles early. Yeah, and shit. Th- so there's not like you can't really watch like later parts of the game to see if there's yep. like any villains in it that you might want to be in it. Yep. Whatever. So what I mean is that like when I play at launch, there was a lot of the mystery that people have. There's still shit that people don't have finite understanding of now in terms of like the way it scales the difficulty yeah to how like if it's the divine beast or whatever to make it so that you're getting like better weapons or different enemies yeah there is so much shit that like was so exciting and of this game to be this this game to have this experience in it where it was like i couldn't find definitive stuff online like oh how do you do this how do you do that like it was truly like you had to like just discovery. Like do it yourself. Yeah. Like the like when you leave the Great Plateau and you have to go to Kakariko Village. Yep. That felt like a journey in a game. And anytime there's something in a game, and I just said this with with Assassin's Creed Three, but anytime there's something in a game, always usually open world, that something feels like a journey. Like it actually feels like I'm journeying as this character. I feel like yeah. that is like the pinnacle of like an open world to me. Yep. And that like trek up, and you see a bunch of the shrines on the way. You're like, oh, I see all the Ubisoft towers everywhere. Do I want to go do all those quick so I can reveal the map? Which I think I did. Honestly, I think I went and yep. tried to do as many of the towers. That game, I do have to agree, though, the weapon degradation shit. Annoying. Um, it's annoying, but I tried to get the Master Sword as quick as possible. Yeah, I never got the Master Sword. That was the whole thing is that, like, it did never degraded. But yeah. it, it also had something I want to say where it would like it did the thing from the original Zelda where it could shoot like the beams if you had full health, yeah. And that would like technically degrade, but that never broke. Same with the uh, Hylian shield. Which did you ever yep. get the Hylian shield? I didn't get that either. No, because the whole thing is it's in the dungeon of the castle. So yeah. I literally had to like find out if like if you go in there, can you leave? Because that's like the the end yeah. game is going you in. Can... There. You can, right? You can just yeah, go you there can. and yeah. you at any point. Because I popped in and it was like the most scared I've ever been, and I still hold pride to myself that when i beat it 
a beacon and an armor. It was during it was during the day one day when we were living together, and I like was like, yeah. you want to see the end? <laughs> yes, I did it. I cheesed the absolute shit out of getting through the castle in a way that I've never seen anyone else online do it, and I genuinely think that I d- would have done something that in a bottle would have been part of like a speed run, other than the shit where people yeah. are, like launch themselves across the map. Because did you did you play enough to get like the Zora tunic where you could swim up waterfalls? Yes. Okay. I literally, like, there's, like, areas, and it's, like, it literally felt like Metal Gear Solid Five to me, where it's, like, you can approach this in any way, and it's, like, you can go in this way, you got this gear. It's, like, there's waterfalls around the castle, and that's one of the routes you can take, but those yep. routes have a fuck ton of, like, really hard enemies in it. Yeah. I absolutely, by, like, the fucking, the shirt on Link's back made it through there without <laughs> getting, without dying, because it's, like, supposed to be intentionally really hard, where you're gonna have to fight some of these things. Yeah. Made it all the way up, and I was, like, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> and then I, I began be here right now. <laughs> and it's a beautiful game. The reason I felt like I wanted to talk about it so much is that it was my number two. Yeah. So I felt like it was warranted, but absolutely. So on that note, let me talk about my number eight that I don't think yeah. is going to be. Uh, I don't think you've played it, but I probably haven't. Mine is Hitman Two. Never. Nope. Haven't played it. Did you? So I remember actually. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a big part of our formative arc before living together that f- freshman year was I when believe, hitman one came out i believe we played that a bunch because i believe you and steve would, just would come to my room and play it yeah because like tangentially like when we moved in beginning of our freshman year was when metal gear solid 5 came out and i have distinct memories of two separate nights that steve and his roommate connor would come down to our room me and victor's room and watch yep. me play metal gear for like hours and really? Connor would be like, oh, there's guys up there. Like, they'd be pointing shit out to me, just doing the stealth shit. And I yeah. feel like we had that same exact, like, with energy. Hitman? And Dude, I specifically no, remember... Hitman, we definitely did that with Hitman. I just remember, like, being in your room and one person was playing and just trying to discover all the weird, wacky ways we could kill people. Yeah, and, and I specifically remember it being when the... Because it was... The first one was episodic. And we yeah. played the first map a little bit. I remember, like, clogging sinks and yep. just, like, doing as much weird shit as we could. And I remember that the second, or the first DLC map, but just second map in the game, came out, like, and that the day came out, it was either you and Steve or you and Nick were in yeah. my room for, like, four hours one night. That sounds right. And we were sitting there, it's the one that's, like, a little, like, Italy seaside village where you have to go yeah. in, like, an underground lab and release and, like, stop a deadly virus uh yep yep little uh i remember one was like a uh there was one that was like a uh a cruise ship or a yacht or something there's a party on a yacht that you had to sneak into that's like the tutorial one okay but that one we definitely did because i wanted to show you guys i was like oh we'll have you guys do the the tutorial yeah so you get it because it's like a nice I remember like, the was... one in paris which i believe was like one of the that's first the first ones. that's the first core map it's yeah. when it, when the first one launched it had the tutorial missions, which were, like, decently sized, but they're, like, under the aesthetic of it's at, like, a training facility. It's yeah. all, like, wooden, like, shit they made. But they're, like, full-on. You can spend, like, an hour in each. Mm-hmm. And then Paris was the first one. And then Sapienza was, like, the first the only other one that came out our freshman year. Yeah. So, with that in mind, all the praise we've talked about that, picture if you could play all of the first one in the second game with an improved lighting system and, like, AI. And then there's a whole nother game of equally as good maps. Really? I got it right when it came out. And the other thing, too, to point out is I did say the first one was episodic. The second one launched with a full game's worth of maps. Like, it was, like, six of them. Yeah. And at first, if you just heard, if you told someone, oh, this game has six levels and $60, they'd be like, 
oh, that's like, that seems, I don't know, that kind of seems like a lot of money. They're like so, and they double down on like the concept of like, there's like, because the whole thing in that game too is there's like the mission stories or the uh, clues. You'll be walking around and they'll be like, you'll overhear two people talking and it'll be like, oh, do you want to like, it'll like a prompt will come up and it's like press the touchpad to like start this like, like storyline or whatever. Yeah. It's a way you can kill one of the people. They double down on that. They also double down on the zaniness of it. Cause you know, when yeah. you finish the level, you have to, then you have to exit. You have to make it, you have to make it to one of like yeah. the getaway yeah, points. Yeah. There's the first stage in two. I think there's one that's another like tutorial one. that's smaller. The first actual stage is like Miami at like a NASCAR type event. Ooh. And you can, there's one of the exits is one of the costumes you can wear is a flamingo mascot. And one of the exits is if you get to the rooftop of one of the buildings, Agent 47 just starts flapping his wings and flies away. <laughs> and it's not like it's like, oh, is he just like, is it some tech? Like he just like cartoonishly flies away and it plays like beautiful music. Oh my God. As the sun sets. And the only other like, so we already praised the first one enough. So I don't think I need to go too much more into it because it is just an improvement on every aspect of the first one yeah. with... And like I said, if you own the first one, you can play all of the maps from the first game. You can import it and then just delete your fir- the first game off your system. That's awesome. And it's with improved lighting, improved AI. The only other map that I want to specifically shout out that I think was one of the DLC ones, but it was the yeah. one I spent the most time in in two, is it's like a tropical resort. And it's like one of those places where it's like a, on a remote island. You get like the bungalow type houses that are on like mm-hmm. boardwalks over the water. That map has, like, a dynamic, like, weather system in it where it, like, plays into the way you can execute some of the kills where there's, like, at at one point, like, a storm will roll in. Yeah. And you can time your, like, bullets with the lightning and the thunder and lightning and shit. And I, last summer, I want to say it was, like, early this year was when I really played this game a lot once I waited until all the DLC was out. I played that map one day for, like, four hours. And really? just kept doing the different kills over and over, and they all felt so different. And I was like, dude, so good, as Harry Osborne once said. But so good. Uh, how about we kick it to your number seven now, right? My number seven, yep. Mm-hmm. My number seven is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Ooh, I should have put that on my honorable mentions, but um, it's a great game. This was, uh, it was a great return. Uh, to some of like the old Star Wars games I remember loving as a kid, like Force uh, Unleashed. Yeah, it was it was like a really good Star Wars game. Like the gameplay felt really good. The lightsaber uh, dueling was was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like just mechanically, it played great. Uh, the climbing was fantastic. It felt uh, it felt like Tomb Raider. I've never played Uncharted. I imagine it was very similar to yeah. Uncharted. Yeah, um, but it felt like Tomb Raider to me. Um, I think that this game was extremely well done. Uh, the story, as I mentioned before, was really good. Um, and it was like a, an awesome, like, it was, they kind of like built this awesome, you know, world and lore around it, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought, um, you know, perfectly in, in caps, encapsulated what I wanted out of a Star Wars game. Dude, like straight up, I, I want to replay it now. Literally it's you good. mentioning it to me. I hadn't, yeah. like, clearly, I didn't put it on my list at all. It would have been an honorable mention again. Let's yeah. act like I put it on there. Yeah. But that game, I played it like winter break from school last year. Yeah. And I beat it like within a week or whatever. 
I also want to shout out that game is like the perfect length of a game. Yes. I think I've ever played. Yes. Where you're like, it like just when you think you're like, it's even a detriment, but like just when you think like you're like, oh, it's going to like, because you build your own light spoilers <laughs> for anyone listening, but you build the part where you build your own lightsaber. Yeah. You're like, it kind of feels like in your brain, you you're like, all right, I probably got like a couple more like levels. If I remember correctly, that's like right before the end, really. I, it is. It and is. I think that, and so like meant, and I said, like, it's not a knock of the game because it's what I'm saying is like when you go and you're on the last level, like level now, if not maybe one in between, that's yeah. when I was like, oh, the, like I kind of, it was almost like it was like, it's, I was like, honestly, it's not like side as in like, oh, I don't want to play this game anymore. But like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's like cool that this is like a narrative moment to like end the game. Really? Yeah. Um, that like whole last part, that last fight where you're just running for your life to get away from Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, it it almost felt like um, like Rogue One, mm-hmm. where, like, you're just wa- at the end of Rogue One where Darth Vader is just murdering these people in the hall. You just, like, that was the fear that you felt for Darth Vader as a child. Like, you're just, he's just, like, such a menacing, like, villain. That's, like, the uh, one thing I wish I hadn't have spoiled for me. Because oh, I did, knew that they, spoiled? well, they spoiled it themselves and one of like the ads they were playing that was getting like, really? put on twitter they show darth vader oh, but even still sucks. i didn't watch it on youtube so still even that moment where i knew it was yeah. going to be coming when the villain like the original villain the uh girl yeah it's like the fa- the the defected trainee of your new mentor yes i forget her when name, she but I know starts you about. beat her and she starts like freaking out and she's like he's here yeah. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Dude, oh, you hear sure. the sound? You hear the breathing? Yes. I love that too, dude, that you like don't even like you fight him for like a second, right? Yeah, you, you like, fight you, him briefly. You, like, you, I think you essentially are just like trying he's like throwing shit at you that you're trying to just like force away. Yeah, and then your like mentor like shows him and she's like run. Yeah, and then and, you just start running from him as he's ripping shit off like around you, trying to like essentially drown you in this like chamber that you're in. Because yeah. that's the one where you're, like, you're in a, like, underwater, mm-hmm. like, a planet that's mostly water, and, like, you're in an underwater base or some shit. Yeah. Great game. Uh, now that to... I've brought it up, I want to replay it. Yeah, and shout out to BD1. I hate the use of, like... BD1. I hate the use of, I hate... I mean, I'm not the big... I'm not a big Star Wars fan, to say the least. I didn't watch yeah. Last Jedi until months after it came out. Yeah, Same with Rise to. of Skywalker. Yeah, you didn't need to. Same with Solo. Yeah, you, you didn't need to. But guess what? I've never seen Rogue One. Dude, Rogue One is so good. You I started it and Mads Mikkelsen, like, dies at the beginning, right? Yeah. Is that all he's in the movie? I think so. Yeah, that's when I was like, dude, you kill off Mads right at the beginning. Was, yeah, was he the guy who gives... It's like Jane, uh, Jer- Jane Jin Urso, right, is the girl? Jin Urso, yeah. yeah. It's like her dad, like, dies at the beginning. Uh, no, her dad doesn't die at the beginning. I think that's Mads Mikkelsen, though. Then is it? I, I don't know. But the the her dad lives for quite a bit of okay. the movie. Okay, I've seen the I've seen the ending though the the okay. Vader scene in question. Yeah, the but Vader anyways, scene is amazing. Like I said, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, and so from like a jaded like I watched the first episode of the Mandalorian, and at the end of the first episode with the Baby Yoda reveal, I said, and I here I get it. Do you watch Mandalorian? I love Mandalorian. Okay, so I'm going to say you're going to tell me to watch it. People are going to tell me to watch it. Yeah, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. I love the show. When that though. first episode ended and they op- and they reveal he opens the thing and it's Baby Yoda 
I literally, and I've said this to like roommates and shit. That's when I went, oh, I get it. And then I stopped like, I yeah. get where this is going to go. Yeah. And I get that it's good. I get that it's good. I do. I, I don't know if you saw this tweet. I tweeted the other day, but I'm very happy to live with roommates to understand me that when they were watching the new episode on Friday and I went to go to the bathroom, I came on and they said, wait, you need to see this. Baby, Baby Yoda gets in a car crash and then gets held up by knife point. He does. And I watched it and I was literally like, so happy. And then the <laughs> and then I wanted them to clip out and I want someone to gif out the, the shot of the Mandalorian or whatever and Baby Yoda sitting there as the jetpack just slowly descends down from the sky. <laughs> I was like, that alone. And I and I said they ruined it by having the comedic moment where it lands and then falls over. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. That was so funny already. That they're yeah. just staring at a jetpack that lowers down. And I Yeah. Yeah. But before this tangent began, I was pointing out I hate like the reason I mentioned the BB is I hated the porgs. Porgs suck. I hate I don't love BB eight because I get here's the thing is what I'm going around. I get you have what you have what I'm saying when I say I get it. When they yes. saw the baby other thing. I yes. get the cute You understand why character. it's popular. I get it. Like I get like, yeah. like when I saw Baby Yoda, I was like, this is what they're going for. They're selling yeah. shit. And I'm BD one is the one thing that at first I was like, he's the cute little droid, but then when you start talking, you don't even he's talking in beeps and boops in classic Star Wars faction, your protagonist understands what he's saying. Yeah. And the fact that here like there's a part where he tells BD one, like or BD one tells him a joke. Yeah. And so it's dying laughing. I love that. And so that's what it comes full circle. It's, Shout out to when BD1 saves you from Darth Vader at the end. Yeah, he does. He climbs on uh, Darth Vader and shocks him. Yeah. BD1's a, a like true homie. Best droid in Star Wars. Whoa, hot take. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so that was, was that your number seven, correct? That was my number seven, yeah. My number seven, Doom Eternal. Never played any Doom games. This is gonna be quick then. Play Doom Eternal. Gladly. Uh, I I want to play um, the first one, and that one's on Game Pass, so I intend on playing that at some point. You should, and then, and then, I'd then probably go to Doom Eternal. I would imagine Doom Eternal is already probably gonna be discounted if not thrown on I'd, Game Pass soon. I think it'll be on there at some point. Yeah. That those are the most. I've played shooters like them, and you you mentioned Wolfenstein. Yeah. So it's in that vein where it's the modern first person shooter, like single base or single player based, like driven. Yes. Because even including Call of Duty at the multiplayer is the drawing point, but has good campaigns. You're so used yeah. to the cover base. Like you're supposed to be, even if you're really good, if you're playing on harder, harder difficulties, like hiding behind cover, using your equipment. Doom is a, is a, is a it's first person like a shooter gun, right? that you are supposed to never stop moving. Yes. And so that's already the first one. And the first one, they introduced the concept of, like, the I'm sure you know about the glory kills. Uh, yeah. Where when en- enemies are damaged enough, they start flashing, like, light. Yeah. And you go up and you melee them, and it's, like, the wicked gory, like, takedowns. Yep. You will so- soon learn when you eventually play Doom 1 that those are your health packs. Because when oh, you kill wow. enemies, they just, like, a ton of health comes out of them. And you find health packs around the map. But you get most of your health from glory killing people. And it's like this okay. weird thing they don't say to you, but you understand it. And then you you get a chainsaw and that becomes your like ammo replenishment. You do takedowns of enemies on that. Yep. And it just a ton of ammo pops out. They go further with that in Doom Eternal. Where you now get a shoulder mounted flamethrower. Oh my god. And that, that becomes your source for your armor. Which is like your thing that drains before your health goes away. 
Oh not God. only do they do that, but they go steps further in every way they could have. They just take the first one and go one step with everything. The story goes one step. Like what? The story doesn't even really matter that much, but they yeah. still go one step. The first one takes place entirely on Mars and hell. What? The second one, you're going to what seems like other planets. Doom guy doesn't give a shit, so you no. don't really seem to care. You're like working with scientists in the second one, and Doom guy doesn't say a word. He's just he just goes with the flow. The tone is set to you in the first one when you start the first game waking up in a like a coffin on a Mars space station with like alien things around you. You kill all okay. of them. You put on the Doom suit. And then a guy starts talking to you on a computer screen and starts like like info dumping you, and Doom guy just punches the screen and keeps and just like that's all you need to know. And just keeps walking. He's like, aliens have taken over the. We need you. Oh, there's someone in there. We need you. And he just punches the screen and just does what he wants to do. And it's like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Doom has been uh, one of those games on my list. Both Doom and Doom Eternal do you, are I'm, on my uh, list. Yeah, for a long time. Certainly, like I. Cannot recommend them enough. Gameplay-wise, some of the best games... The best first-person shooters I've ever played, bar none. Really? And the only other thing, and I, again, throw this on the the honorable mentions I'm forgetting about after the fact, but Titanfall 2 is the, was yeah. the best first-person shooter for me before uh, this. Titanfall almost made my honorable mentions list. Yeah. Um. But anyways, Doom, play it. Everyone play Doom, then play Doom Eternal. If you have an Xbox, Eric says the first one's on Game Pass. Without a doubt, the second one will be on it by the time they're confident in what the sales they're going to make for it are yep. plateauing. But um, yeah, right. so anyways, you're number six. Number six. The Last of Us Part Two. This is my number three. Okay. I think we're going to have a lot of crossover now, I have a feeling. Yeah, these top, the top five are going to start crossing over a lot Except more. for my number one. I'm interested to see what your number one is. I think it's yeah. going to be easy for you to guess what mine is. Don't say it now, but you probably already know. You can know probably it. guess what mine is and don't say it now. But. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so The Last of Us 2. Um, great follow-up to the first Last of Us game. Our first episode, actually, this podcast was our review. Was reviewing this, yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe we don't have to get too deep into this one. Yeah. Um, but I really loved uh, pretty much everything about this game. Um a lot of people hated the Abby stuff. I, at the time, wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, but I think, like, looking back on it, I, I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. I remember just trying to get through it to get back to Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I will. I, I really liked the game. Um, I think they started it off really bold in that those first two hours where they just killed a character you played as in the entire first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, thinking back on it and, like, just listening to, to reviews of it, um, it was a really cool, like, way of essentially being, like, violence is bad, you shouldn't partake in violence, while also making you, like, watch as you slowly slit a person's throat. Yeah. It's just, like, a really, like, cool juxtaposition of that, of, of stuff like that, of violence. Yeah. I, like, especially going off the thing you said about a lot of people disliked it, and they hated yeah. Abby, yeah. and they, and people picked it apart. Because I think people just couldn't get past the fact they killed Joel at the beginning. That's what yes. that's all I'm gonna say. I, is, I think, I think the, the reason people specifically hated playing as Abby was because she was the one who killed Joel. And here's the thing: before I launched the original point, I was gonna say is everyone won another Joel and Ellie game, yeah. and they everyone points out as their favorite parts of the game being the Joel and Ellie flashbacks. And yes. I'm here to say, 
those if it was a whole game of that it wouldn't have been as special agreed if and it i was, think when they're making an entire, it i also don't think it would have been as good if you have an entire game of just joel and ellie again yes. it would have just been the same game and i think part when they were making the game i wholeheartedly wholeheartedly believe that while neil and the rest of night dog were making the game i feel like they knew a lot of people's favorite parts of the game were going to be the joel and ellie parts yes because it's like it's all levity really for sure. Like most of them, except for like the last few ones where the, they, uh, Ellie learns the truth about what happened at the end of the first yeah. one. It's all like what you expect, and I feel like it's... It's all like, it is all what you expect to be what happened in between one and two. Yeah. It's just like this like father-daughter relationship kind of blossoming. And the other point I want to make that I feel like is my last thing really to say about it is that I know a lot of people picked it apart when it came out and said that it was like they're trying to get you to cheaply like feel bad for or like simp- they were trying to like manipulate you to sympathize with um Abby by being like oh Ellie killed all these dogs here's a dog or whatever and people yeah. just lump that all lump that all in together yep. but and i agree with that one is like a little like on the nose where it's like the dogs you have to play with them or whatever but yeah. i think the amount of people you kill that you only see as Ellie when you kill them yeah. And then you go and you open Abby's day one with this group of people that yeah. you, like, get to, like, truly, like, see them in the way you saw Joel and Ellie. Or yes. Ellie and um, Dina. It's, it's like, like, yeah, it's the same way you see Ellie and all the, the characters around her. Like, that supporting cast. Um, I forget the the guy's name. Uh, I was, Owen, was, like, dating Owen. Dina. Uh, there's oh, Owen. Oh, uh, uh, Jesse. Jesse. Jesse, yeah. So, like, Jesse and Dina and kind of these other people that are in the, in Tommy, like these other characters that are around Ellie, that's, you kind of like start to see all those characters around Abby in the same way. And I think it, I think it did do a good job of, um, the kind of making you like feel emotional when they died. Not necessarily as sad as, um, as when, you know, when like Tommy and and Joel die, of course. Well, Tommy doesn't die. Tommy, Tommy Tommy survives a headshot. Yeah. Um, amazingly. And, I, and, like, two narrative points I want to, like, shout out to and how they've, like, stood to me, I guess, at this point. And it's not even, like, the very ending because that is just, like, I do I do like the ending. And I do like I do how kind of just dark it is that Ellie can't even – she goes to play the guitar. Yeah, she, she's ruined her hands from trying to kill people. Yeah, but two things that stood out to me that I really liked with, in hindsight, like, months later thinking about it is that both the main characters you play as stories involve a love triangle but from completely different angles – where Ellie has the, the Dina and Jesse love triangle. Yeah. Where Jesse's clearly the one that still has feelings for Dina, and they're gonna they have a like a kid coming yeah. out of it. And then you got Abby's side where she's like the Jesse in this situation. Yeah. But you like see it through her for eyes. Someone. Yeah. yeah. And then the other point I wanted to shout out, like narrative wise, was how and people shit on it when it came out, but the part in like the quote when the epilogue begins after a time jump. Where the fact that Tommy, like, the, the they show you, like, this character, you only kind of know Tommy in the first one. But yeah. how, like, darkly he manipulates Ellie to yep. go after Abby again. And yep. it almost, and I feel like this kind of justifies why you don't kill her at the end. Is that, like, like, I feel like it's kind of understood that, like, Ellie just doesn't want to kill her anymore. But is living with this, like, severe PTSD and thinks it might save it. And she realizes that it's yeah. never going to. That, yeah. And yeah, that's she, why she like wants like some type of release 
Yeah. But she's never going to get it by just killing Abby. And I think that's why they specifically saved that, like, wholesome flashback of Joel and Ellie at the end is that yeah. she, her, I think that's intentional where they're trying to put you in the perspective of how she herself hasn't even thought of that moment the whole time. Yeah. And it's not until she, like, lets it all go that she remembers, like, the happy parts. Yep. Which, so yeah. Great game. Uh, yeah, so that was my number three, so we can cross that off. I think... Yep. My number was, six is yeah. and number one are going to be just me, but I'd imagine my other. Okay. Because I only have, I have four left that are. haven't been done yet, but uh. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I have four as well. Okay, so and then but so I've, two of these are definitely yeah. going to be crossovers. So. Yeah. My number six that I know is just me is, you played it a little bit with friends, but is the Resident Evil Two remake. Yep. I, um, have already talked at length about it on this. So I really don't feel like I need to go into it again. But that game, as someone that never played the original, and as someone with the franchise, I never really got into it until 7, which was the first first-person one, so it's even different gameplay yeah. style. Yeah. When the remake came out and I saw really good reviews, I was like, yeah, I'll pick it up. And it was probably the best game I played last year, I think. I'm trying nothing okay. else on this list for me is from 2019 so I probably is like and it came out in January is the best game I, it's just like even being a remake and it's no nostalgia tied to it it's a perfectly des- designed like linear like semi-linear because it's got the open kind of explorable areas like puzzle survival horror game and I yeah. think and I can even just see the appreciation of people that played the original saying how like faithfully it's recreated but then modernized and they added to it to make it a more uh fully fledged experience to stand up and justify being a $60. Even if it was just strip remade new bells and whistles, new look, like I think it would have justified it, but I think and and it's part of like the, the the other side of the coin is what made me like disappointed in the three remake (laughs) that I recently beat, which is just like, it's just, it just is like like, really short. right? It is. If anything, it's from what I hear is like just the one-to-one recreation. Then also they took parts out from the original. Oh, okay. Whereas two is a one to one recreation, like bar like straight up, and then they also add like the other character you see in it, you can do her side of the story. Oh, and okay. it's like pretty cool. It's a lot of crossover, okay. but there are a couple like unique areas. And they added like a replayable mode you can play on called Tofu mode. I remember that. Yeah, I, you, I played that briefly. Yeah, you play as a big block of tofu, you take more damage. Yeah. It's great. Kevin really told me about one recently, I think, where you play it I forget what it's called. But it's something I think where you're still as a tofu, but all you has have is forty grenades, and that's <laughs> all you get is like a finite amount of grenades, and that's all you can use. Oh my god, um, it's really fun that uh, that some developers are just like essentially putting mods in their game. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, that's it all is. I got to say about it. So, do you want to pop to your number five now, right? Yeah, my number five is State of Decay 2. I definitely don't have this, so... No, you don't. It's all yours. Um, this one, I, I won't talk about it for too long. State of Decay 2 is just a really good, like, survival zombie game. Um, it's basic mechanics. You're just kind of collecting supplies to survive. Um, you essentially have to find a place to live. You're kind of doing quests in between. Um, they have a really good... Uh, I don't know about really good, but they have a permadeath system, which I really like. Um, so if you die with a character, they're dead, and you can go and essentially, once they die, you can go and collect their stuff, mm-hmm. and when you go to collect their stuff, you'll find them as a zombie. 
Oh, um, which is which is pretty cool. I didn't uh, know like, that. That's so like cool. like as every now sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would just be essentially like searching for um, their goods, and then you just like see that person as a zombie try and attack you. That's dope, honestly. Yeah, like... it's pretty cool. Um, overall, I just had a ton of fun playing it. The first one I think was better. Um, but the second one uh, definitely did build on the first one a little bit. Um, and I just lost my train of thought. Uh, the second one, oh, the second one, uh, the first one was supposed to have a multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one did, but the multiplayer wasn't very good. Um, so you ca- the way it, the game works is you're just kind of going in places, looting, trying to find stuff to bring back to your settlement. Um, and in that one, if you join someone's game... You mm-hmm. can't just go around looting whatever you want. Each building you go into has, like, certain items to loot, like, certain places to search mm-hmm. that are designated for, like, the host of the game and designated for the guest of the game. Oh, okay. And That's so cool. it's just kind of, it's weird. It didn't work great. This um, is in the first just, one, right? This is You're the saying... second one. Okay, okay. Because the first one was supposed to get a multiplayer update but never did, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how they did it in the second one. I didn't like it, um, but... It was like a. I pretty much played it by myself anyway. Yeah. It was just a fun game, to, a fun zombie survival game that I really like. Yeah, that's one of those games that when I like, like I've said it before on here, I plan on eventually getting like a Series X, probably just because I yeah. think I mentioned my sister can get me a discount. Yep. Shout out to Microsoft, but uh. Shout out to I, that's, Microsoft. That's one of the games I plan on playing probably. Like, yeah. Like it. Like definitely. definitely. Like, I definitely when I get it, that. get Game Pass, and that's on there is definitely one that will be like on my like list of like. Because yeah. I plan on getting an Xbox and probably just never actually buying a game because I don't have to. Yeah. Because I'll you be can playing pay fifteen dollars or actually ten dollars. You don't even need Ultimate. Yeah, because on my PS4 I'll be playing like the third parties. Yeah. And just be playing first party, but on Xbox, but. Yeah. No, that's cool. Like that's. Cool. I didn't know the whole thing about finding like your permadeath character as a zombie. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I just I remember one time I the like way I figured it out was I went to go grab this guy's stuff because he had all the stuff like the cool stuff I liked that I wanted back like the gun that I liked. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm just getting attacked by a zombie and I just look and it's the guy that I literally just died as. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. No, that's sick. Um. Yeah, that's my that's my number five. Yeah, so I'm. I got my number five. I would be surprised if it's not on your list. Is yeah, God of War? Okay. Yeah. It's on yours. What number was it? It for is. You? It's on my list. It is number three. Okay, so it's my number five. We've talked about it a little bit, but not really too yeah, much. Because I just beat it. I just beat it back in May, June. I yeah, beat it, I, I like think... beat it right right before um, the Last of Us two. Yeah, because I remember when we went Fourth of July into Boston. Yeah, During we a mass pandemic. We were talking about yeah. how you just recently beaten it. That yeah. game, so you, I'm pretty sure you've never played another God of War, right? No, I haven't. Okay, so I played got all of God of War 3 when it was remastered for PS4. And then some of, like, I also just had, there was the one that came out after that that's like a prequel one. I played, like, literally, I, and this is like, I don't even say, like, this is like an, like an, infamously trevor sheehan did this but in, in my like between literally me and my roommate kevin he knows this yeah. just because i had god of war ascension and never beat the first level but i always kept my ps3 running and so at the end of the year when sony did like your year in a review thing 
And so, yeah. like, for PS3, you played God of War Ascension for 600 hours. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it would just stay on. Because yeah. you just never, there's no auto rest thing on, or, because I was like, I didn't want to shut it off because I was like, what if I go back to play it? So I just kept it on one year. Yep. And literally, it was just on for, like, di- weeks. Oh, my God. But that in mind, I, so I'm, what I mean is I played three and I loved it, but, like, it's very much, it was still, like, the hack and slashy, just, like, overhead, like, um, parametric, or the fuck is the isometric yeah. view. Um, and so, like, when they announced this one and, I, and they showed it at E3 2016, I was like, oh, it's God of War The Last of Us. This is going to be sick. Like, it's, like, the, the more narrative-based. Because the old ones, like, have a narrative, but it's not at... The old ones are literally just... It's not just, the, the core of the game. Picture if you took Ellie's quest in The Last of Us 2, but it's, like, yeah. less even story-rich and yep. more just yelling and killing gods yeah. and using their head I, as an item. I had never really played the old ones. I remember, like, watching a friend play it at his house, and he was essentially just going around fucking goddesses and killing gods. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you, so. you get to fuck Aphrodite. Yeah. And the third that's, one. Yeah, that's what it was. So my expectations just for a new god of war because i remember it started leaking our freshman year was when it was rumored they were doing a norse like mythology one yeah and it wasn't until they announced it that i got excited and it like being like oh this is gonna be good like at the very worst it's gonna be an eight out of ten game right and when it came out and it was getting tens i was like this is this is gonna be good and clearly since it's on both of our lists i don't think for either of us it disappointed that no absolutely not I, I think would, I would probably give that at least an eye. <laughs> yeah. Game. So yeah, like that game, they take a franchise that could have easily just died, and Sony Santa Monica moves on to a new franchise. The, one of the crazy things about it for me was the Leviathan X was so much fun to mm-hmm. use, and I and especially not having played the ones before, um, I was kind of shocked that they were able to give me a different weapon after using the Leviathan X for the whole game. Once you get the um, blades the of chaos, blades of chaos, Dude. I'm like, oh my god, these are so much better. Like, but the Leviathan X was still so much fun to use. Not having, like, a... I was constantly going back and forth between the two once I got the blades yeah. of chaos. And there's like, there's different uses for them too. Like, we're yeah. supposed to fight some enemies. I think I've said it on here before, but not having it spoiled for me because I think I beat this game. Came out like when I was taking a year off from school, so other than work, I had a lot of free time, and I was literally like, yep. I'm just gonna sit down, played it, and beat it the weekend it came out. Not having it spoiled for me, um, the moment in which Atreus is like sick and and um, yes, whatever I was her name just is, just about to bring this up. The moment, what, what, who is it's is it Freya? Yes, okay. I believe so. And she tells you she's like, you got to go into Hell Hellheim, yeah, get this like, thing get, for him. Yeah, and Kratos Lily is just like, all right, I'll be right back, and he just dead sprints back to his house. And the yeah. second he starts tearing up the floorboards, I was like, yes. are they going to do it? I'm getting chills. Dude, I'm getting chills thinking about I it. And I was literally like, am as well. I'm like, they're going <laughs> to do it. They're going to do it. And he takes off. Because I think before, it's either before he tears up the floorboards or after he does and before he pulls them out, he takes the bandages off his arms and you yeah, see the reveals. burn marks of chains on his arms. And I'm yeah. like, ah, and he fucking rips out the blades of chaos Dude, I'm, like, getting, like, crazy chills when I think about how fucking dope that was. Yeah. And he's like, all right, now I'm going to go into hell to save my son. Yep. Oh, my God, dude. Amazing you go in, game. You go into hell in, like, God of War 3. Yeah. You go into, you go into Hades. Uh, so of, it's, like, but it's still. 
some of the na- the narrative stuff in that game was just really good. Um, one of the issues I had with it um, was it starts a little slow, but I really like yeah. I, that's not a huge issue for me. Up um, until you fight Balder. Yes. And. and I still think the mystery of, like, I don't know if I... I think when I... Again, this goes back into... I played it right when it came out, and it's not like you're yeah. seeing a ton of clickbaity YouTube videos being like, yep. oh, the moment you get the Blades of Chaos, something like that. I didn't know they just referred to him as, like, the stranger. I yeah. wasn't even disappointed when I... Because like, I... There was people online being, like, right when before it came out when they saw a gameplay and being like, oh, I think it's Loki, or I think it's this. Because, yeah. Grant, there is the Loki moment. The Loki Would moment you... is one we've talked about. I'm not a huge fan. I love it, and Eric hates fun. Um, yeah, I guess. And cool dope moments where a game reveals something after a 25-hour journey. Uh, but, um, <laughs> like, even just knowing the name Balder and not really knowing his, like, the lore of Balder was yeah. still, like, a cool moment to me when it's, like... Because then I went and looked up, and this is, like, the, the lore is that, like, he was going to die, and she put, like, a spell on him that made it so he can't die. Yeah. It was, like, Invincible. And how this guy, like the tone of him where he's like kind of just kind of like jokey very yeah. kind of gallivants around we saw and he's like oh, i knew you were a god or whatever because you can't fucking dude i restarted the game and i think i'm gonna do actually do a playthrough once it comes out to ps5 because i'm sure they're gonna patch it and be like you can do 60 yeah. fps because on the pro it's, well they're already adding it to the the ps plus or whatever and i would you imagine every game in there has like a, a, a patch for ps5 because like yeah. we uncap the frame rate or whatever because all those games already have pro support as far as I know. Yep. And yep. on the pro, it was just like uncapped frame rate. And you'd get like, you're staying still looking at the ground. It's going to be 60. But then when it gets into like combat, you're getting like low 40s probably. Yeah. So to play that 60, but I restarted over the summer around the time we started doing the podcast again and redoing the battle with Balder, the first one, where mm-hmm. he tells Atreus to stay in the house. Dude. Yeah. Oh my God. Great. So it good. Such a great game. You, uh, the we've also talked at length about i feel like the moment where kratos goes in like a dream sequence when you're in like alfheim or whatever and yes. then like, treus comes in, he's covered in blood you and there's just at, like 50 bot like just a bunch of bodies piled up yeah and, he just, and he's like why were you gone for so long he's like you were gone for days yeah and you're like what you're just like i swear that was 10 minutes yeah and i'm excited i got we got a shout out i'm excited for the sequel especially the post credit scene that sequel is the reason I'm going to buy a PlayStation 5. I, and I don't th- think we may have talked about it before, but do you know the post credit scene? Uh, I probably watched it. I don't remember it. It's like when I think you 100% it or something. Oh, that I probably Is when you it. go back, I think. Because you can still, after you beat the game, like go around and do shit. Like, because it's like the yeah. semi open world um, yep. deal. I think it's either when you fully do it or it's you do, you don't have to like 100% like platinum it, but I think it's when you do like all the, uh, which I never even did any of them. And that speaks to the, the, uh, how big this game is. There's shit that I love it that I didn't even do is like the Valkyrie boss battles. Yeah, I never did those either. I think it might be when you do all those, when you go back to the house, or even I think it might just be, um, I hate to get like tie myself up here, but I think it's just when you beat the game, if you go back to the house, you can interact with the, like their beds. Oh, and you, really? you go to, you, they go to bed. And it's like a dream sequence where they wake up. Or it's like revealed after it's like Atreus is like it's a dream sequence he has. But he wakes up and you wake up to just thundering like lightning. You already know where this is going. Yep. You wake up to like immense just storms. And it's like thundering. And there's like wind whipping shit around outside. And Kratos is like, stay in the house, boy. And he goes up front. And there's just a guy in a robe standing out front 
like staring at him and you don't see oh his face God. at all and they just pan the camera pans around behind him and you see him put his hand on it by his belt and there's Mjolnir. Oh like, my god. And then it just like it cuts Kills. to to rag to uh Atreus just like waking up and being like, Oh, I just had like a dream. And they've already implied he's Loki, obviously, so he has some like connections some connection to shit. To Thor. So yeah. yeah, Thor is definitely gonna be the big bad. And I can't wait, dude. It's dope. Can't um, wait. So that was my number five, correct? Yes, I believe so. So your number four, have we done it yet? My number four, yes. My number four was Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Okay. Um, so we've already talked about that. We can skip over that one. I think my number four is the other one you have, because my other ones is only my number one is something I know you don't have, and I think you said yeah. your number one is something I don't have. Or is that? I think your number one will be something I have. Okay. Regardless, I'll just shoot up my number four, because I think it's on yours, is okay. Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my number one. Okay. So, that means we only have two left, so... Yeah. Correct, right? Yeah. Yep, that yeah, sounds right. Okay. So, again, I don't think there's too much we can say about this. <laughs> Other than... Then it's a it's perfect amazing. game. It's amazing. <laughs> it's le- le- legitimately... Oh. Exactly, like, I know I said this about the Star Wars one, but it is exactly what I wanted out of a Spider-Man game. Wait, I think you cut out for a second. Okay. All right, I, I I, I, right after I said it's amazing, you cut out. It's, uh, I know I said this with um, with Jedi Fallen Order, but it is exactly what I wanted out of a Spider-Man game. Like, the traversal in that game, just like the moving around the world and swinging and whatnot, and climbing and running and jumping from building to building, is, like, the single best movement, like, system in any game I've ever played. Just swinging around and moving around the world is so much fun on its own. Um, and then, like, add the combat, the different moves you can do, the combinations, the the different tech and gadgets you have. Yeah. It, like, all the game just plays so well. It feels like a great modern Spider-Man game. Um, and it's just, like, absolutely, like, one of the most perfect games I've ever played. All right. So here, I'm going to quote, shout out to him, good man Joe Biden right now. Yep. Here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> i was i'm so excited for miles morales that is what i Me will too. buy when i get my ps5 i already bought it on my ps4 uh i want to wait i if it, if it goes to the weekend and i have and it's not looking like i'm gonna get one in the next few weeks i will get it for ps4 yeah but i was already thinking about the whole thing about the remaster if you buy the ten dollars more miles morales you get the remaster of the ps4 spider-man yep. that we're talking about yeah i watched today uh, Greg Miller had streamed, I guess, during their extra life, the first 45 minutes of really? the remaster. Cause they weren't, they hadn't the embargo for miles Morales went up. And I think it was like yesterday, the day before is when people could start talking about the remaster yep. or showing it. Um, I watched him play it again at, and, and he toggled between not only just the 60 FPS mode, which I'm like, yes, but yep. also showing even not even on a 4k display, like the graphics mode with the ray tracing. That in conjunction with remembering just how that game opens so well. Yes. Of they throw you right into he's been Spider-Man for I think it's six years. Yeah. He wakes up to a police scanner call, doesn't pay his rent, and you go out and you take down Kingpin. Seeing that and both toggling between 60 FPS. And here's the thing, too, is he brings up how when you switch between the 60 FPS and... um. It's, I think it's from one to the other, the performance or fidelity modes. You have to reload the last checkpoint, 
And that doesn't even matter because as long as you're like, I, I, I don't think I, um, most games still, especially open world, they checkpoint a lot for you now. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you have to restart the last checkpoint, but it doesn't matter. And then he just clicks it and then you're just back. Yeah. Like it basically doesn't even mean anything to you. Wow. Yeah. Seeing him do that and seeing the, the real time, like the ray tracing with the lighting. Because I don't know if you saw the thing Insomniac tweeted today. No. Where they said, yeah, we did rework. He's like, it was one of those things where it's like, the, it's kind of like a, a meme caption for where they're like, yeah, we did do actually do a lot of the to the lighting for the remastered version. It's not like it's nothing is basically what they're saying. Right. You know, when you first get in like Fisk Tower after like a cutscene, Yes. Where he shows up and he's like, he swings and they showed the side, the side by side of what it looks like now. And it, even I saw when Greg was playing it with just the fidelity or the frame rate mode on. Yeah. Simon specifically ray tracing. The lighting just looks so good. Where the light coming in, it's a pretty dark building when you first get in, but there's lighting coming in through the windows. So specifically, I guess, with the ray tracing, and you can see it coming in, the smoke. I'm like, oh. That's awesome. I will replay it, and that's where this is boiling down on. There's no reason for me to not pay the 10 extra dollars and play this again once I'm done yeah. with Miles Morales. I think I talked about it briefly on the podcast, but I, re- I like, started a replay of it recently. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, the story in that game is just, like, is great. Um, like, especially, spoiler alert, the end with Aunt May. Yeah. Um, where oh, she's, dude. Where she, she's I, dying, and she's essentially just like, like, yeah, you idiot, I knew the whole time that you were Spider-Man. I gotta say, because straight up, I was, like, to get hyped for it again, I was like, oh, I want to watch, like, the whole last, starting with the last boss battle and the last cutscenes. Yeah. I, shit you not, when I was watching it, Eric... Like, because first of all, I rewatched the Doc Ock boss battle, and I was like, this was so fucking cool oh, when you yeah. fight on the side of the building. And here's yep. the thing is, again, this ties in where I'm going to go, is the, because shout out to Yuri Lowenthal, the voice yes. of Ben 10, yep. as Spider-Man okay. is, his delivery of the you knew to Doc Ock, when he says, like, when the mask is t- torn off of it, when you're finding him, and he's like, he's like, Peter, this doesn't have to end this way. And he goes, you knew? And then, like... Doc Ock says something for like, a couple, for like 30 seconds and then he like yells you knew because then it's like hitting him that he's like you still try to kill me this whole time yeah so that and then they we beat him the Aunt May thing and this is where I'm telling you we're gonna put it up, up front I single tear went down my cheek hair I yeah I, I believe my eyes were watery when and I, this is me the, rewatching it again well. now though knowing it's gonna happen yeah is when Aunt May says Take off your mask. I want to see my nephew one last time. And the, 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 oh, dude, I'm getting chills thinking about how oh good the writing God. is, is yeah. they do like a, it's like a parody. Like, not, not like pair, like, like a pair is what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah, a pair. I know what you mean. It's a duality of it, is what I should have said. Is yeah. he delivers the same line, but in a completely different tone and context. He just goes, yep. You knew? Yep. And it's, oh my God, dude, in a single it's tear. So, dude, it's so amazing. Like, it's such an amazing game. And he sits there the with the vial. Great. He sits there with the cure in his hand up next to Aunt May's IV, and he just, like, screams. And then just, like, sits down with her while she's dying. Because yeah. he can either save, like, the city or her. Or just her. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, dude, cannot wait for Miles Morales. I can't I can't either. I'm so excited to play it later this week. I know that it's, like, I don't know if you've watched the beginning at all. Uh, I watched the, whatever they released a, a, a couple months ago or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't watched anything since. I'm just, okay. uh, I'm trying to keep my slate clean for it. I'm just, like, to, it, 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 clearly they said it is it's smaller and it's, like, a 1.5 type thing. Yeah, it is like 12, very much like Miles' hours, story. I heard. Yeah. I can't it's, wait, dude. It's very much wait. a Miles story because they basically explain early on that, like, this is going to be Miles' story in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for it. So I guess Me that too. leaves us with our number one. 
Uh, wait. My number one. So, that what, what number was that? Three? That was my number four. So, there, so what's... Uh, so, my number three was God of War. Yep. What was your number three? The Last of Us Part Two. Okay. And so, now we go to my number two. Okay. Which is... Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, okay. Okay, so we did have one more that was different. Okay. Because my number two is Breath of the Wild. My number one's still different. Okay. Yeah, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is my number two. Um, I don't need to dwell on this one for too long. Um, I, especially when it first came out, I felt like it was kind of a revolutionary game in just mm-hmm. how massive it was. Yeah. Um, it felt a lot like The Witcher 3 in that sense. I gotta say, um, I should have put this on my honorable mentions. I don't know yeah. why I didn't, but yeah. Really, um... Honestly, it the like just overshadowed by two fantastic games that came out that year, which were Spider Man and God of War. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I love the story. Um, Arthur was a really cool and uh, protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, essentially, being able to see you know the origins of John Marston. Yeah. Were were pretty fun. Um, just overall, a very fun game to play. Great follow up to the, I guess, great prequel. Um, from the first game. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much all I need to say about that one. Yeah, I, I like. I really enjoyed that game. I don't think I. I didn't. Uh, clearly, it wasn't on my top ten. But like, I see what it was, and it's. It is like very, very much should have been in my honorable mentions. Like, I, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just like I never played the first one really. Yeah, I had like a little. I played a little bit when I had uh, a three sixty. The first one is like one of my favorite games I've ever played. Yeah, and so I, what I want to say is like, and out of. I want to ask you first, what's just your favorite part of the game? Uh, probably just, like, everything in St. Denis. Okay. I like all of that. It's great. I love how you could increase your honors by greeting everyone in St. Denis. That's what I did. Yeah. Um, and this is what encapsulates it for me, and this is my favorite moment in the game, is, like, one cutscene. And it's, like, probably, I, I doubt and it's anyone else's. They're probably not, actually. There's probably a very select few people. It's their favorite moment. And to me, that's the cutscene of charles and john building the the marston house oh that's the like the end of the um the game like it's the in the middle epilogue. of the epilogue the epilogue is amazing the it's at the end of really the first good. chapter of the epilogue i believe yeah. when they build the house i the love that for really some reason good. it's literally just like a wholesome cutscene of charles yeah. being like yeah i'll help you build a house for there's your... just like a whole like it, there's like some quick time events in there yep it's that yeah, that's a really fun that's a really fun part of the game yeah all right my number one did you say your number two? My number two is Breath of the Wild. Okay, right. Yeah. My but number one, one, I'm going to try to just give this as quick of a, like a one minute. My number one is Persona 5 Royal. Okay. It's the greatest game this. I have ever played. I, sp- I spent 120 hours during quarantine at the beginning playing this, 100%ing it. It is like if I played Persona 5, like the base one, when it came out when we were roommates for like 40 hours and only got like a fifth of the way into the game. Yeah. I got like thrown off of it. There's stuff that they tweaked in Royal gameplay wise that immediately quality of life shit that I was like, this is getting me now. I'm getting into it. Yeah. I played I persona four on the Vita played a little bit, never really got it. This was the one that I, the persona five rose when I really got into it. And it is literally, if you grew up playing Pokemon and Pokemon did not grow up with you, which is for everyone, I think. Yeah. Pokemon never didn't grow up with us. It's still like very much for kids. Persona is like the game for people that still like enjoy the prospect of a JRPG. Uh, yeah. And it, with a, like adult or mature themes in it. 
I think the reason I never really got into just JRPGs in general yeah. is they demand a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Like I said, um, they spent 120 hours on this game. Yeah, and that's just, like, too much for me. I'll never, I'll never even get halfway through that game. I will... I plan on one day, and it probably won't be for, like, two whole years, just from how much time I've spent on it, 100%ing it, is I plan on replaying it on my PS5 yeah. at some point. And then, like, day one, whenever, in, like, f- six years when Persona 6 comes out. Because Persona 5, the base one, also came out on PS3 because it was originally supposed to come out on that generation. Yeah. And that's how long they take, and they, like, they take their time, and it's fine. That yeah. game is amazing. It's great turn-based, turn-based combat. Um, great characters in it. I never really care about, like, really anime-esque shit, but for some reason it's just, like, awesome. You hang out with your friends, then you go into the fucking, uh, pedophile gym teacher's minds and stop them. Fun. Uh, and then, like, it just keeps spiraling from there. These people you're taking down. You eat enough burgers from the Big Bang Burger to look in a paper bag a guy at a gun store gave you, and guess what? It's a real gun. Oh, my God. You, 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 you catch the dick chariots. You, you fight God, Eric. Spoilers. Holy shit. <laughs> the end of the game, you fight God. I don't even feel bad. Like, I don't think anyone, like, shout out to Liam Kane because when we're going to quickly read off the ones that I've submitted to my Instagram followers. Oh, I forgot about their those. Games. We're just, they're going to be quick. We're just going to read okay. them. Um, Liam Kane had this. He's the only person. And Nick, I know, beat it too. Persona, the base Persona 5 that... Like, the ending of that game, where then in Royal, they add, like, another 20 hours of gameplay after that. The whole world basically just gets, like, the equivalent of, like, Infinity Wars ending. Where it's, like, except just your kids get Thanos snapped out of existence. (laughs) And you're, like, in this, like, world that's, like, no one, like, it's just, like, a hell world. And you fight this guy that there's, like, all the Persona games, there's, like, just this... I know they do this with Final Fantasy and, like, Dragon Quest games, too. Yep. It takes place with completely different characters every time, but there's, like, some constant characters that exist in, like, the other world or whatever. The plot twist in Persona 5 is that the guy that is, like, in every Persona game is actually an imposter and, like, kidnapped the real guy and ends up being, like, a false god that has just been, like, using your kids for a way to give him power to become god. He becomes god... Whoa. You fight him, and at the end, if you Why play you as Joker in God? Smash at all... Uh, a little bit. He's got Arsene. Yeah. His little, his little thing he calls out. That's basically yep. the equivalent of all your friends. You basically have your starter persona like a starter Pokemon. You don't even need to use Arsene, but he's like tied to you like storyline-wise. At the end of the game, Joker, when you're fighting this god, Joker summons Arsene, and then pulls out his gun, and shoots himself in the head. Oh my god. Which is how your kids in Persona 3 summon their personas, is by shooting themselves in the head. And then Arsene dies. That's not even what happens. I'm getting ahead of myself. He, like, rips the chains off of Arsene that he has on him, and then Arsene just dies. But then Arsene rises up up from the ground as Satan. What the fuck? And then you get one move on the screen it tells you to do, and it's called God-Killing Bullet. And your giant (laughs) Satan pulls out a pistol and shoots the god in in the head. And then he dies, and then the and then from there the royal stuff Is gets even weirder. Is it the gun that the guy weirder. gave you in the burger bag? No, because you don't have to. That's optional. Uh, okay. I wish, God, I wish. But I'm telling amazing. you, right then, right then after that, the shit in royal only gets weirder, and I don't need to go in that because that's the shit that if someone wants to play it, I won't spoil. But the base game stuff ends with you killing God. That's amazing. 
And it's the greatest game I've ever spent that much time on. So I'm that's sure me and is. Eric's games of the generation. Yeah, thank uh, you, you for... Did you write any worse games? Yeah, I have a couple. Do you want to just read them it. off and not even say why and yep. give them the time of day? Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay. Watch Dogs. Okay. Mafia 3. Okay. And Thief. Okay. I agree with that one. I agree with all of them, but that Thief is a funny one that I would have never even thought of. Because I I bought it right when it came out, because it was an early gen game. Yeah, and I was so excited for it, because it was like an all stealth. It was like a stealth Skyrim. It was supposed to be like Dishonored or something. Yeah, and then Dishonored came along. And then Dishonored, they were fucked after that. But um, I have three. I'm going to read them without even saying Lawbreakers. All right. Dead Rising 4. Yeah. Mighty Number 9. Okay. All right. Now we had our lovely listeners, and by that I mean people that never listen to this podcast, but follow me on Instagram. Yeah. I asked them to submit their favorite game of this generation, PS4, Xbox, One, or Switch. They're, they could put in a little blurb they want read aloud with it. Um, let me just put change. I wanted to read this one last, I know, so I'm going to put it at the end. But I'm just going to read what they submitted, so they might just say the game. We're not even really going to go into it. I just felt like shouting this out at the end. Number one. Kevin Rutledge, my roommate. He yep. didn't even say his favorite game. No, he didn't. He, he implied really Death Stranding. Instructions. It's fine, though. He says, I want Eric to rock BB in real time on the podcast. Okay, first step is to get me a BB. Well, I think he just meant in Death Stranding, so maybe at a later time. Okay, so the first ever uh, Procrastination Sensation Let's Play is in Death Stranding. Yes. Okay. Brendan Flaherty says Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight's a good game. That's one I keep. I own it. I, I yeah, going. I played it for like an hour and enjoyed it. Just never really got back into it. All right, Tristan Watson. This is a kid that I work with, and I'm gonna be honest, Tristan. I have a glaring issue with part of what you say. He says, "Gotta be Metal Gear Solid Five for me. Just move past the story part, and the game is pretty fun." I'm sorry, Tristan, and I'm sure he actually just doesn't even listen to this. But if you if you play a Kojima game and you're gonna say, "Just move past the story," you're missing something. Yeah. The game's amazing. I'm not just going to discount that. But Kojima's whole thing is sto- is story. If you miss if you weren't down for when you wake up in a hospital and crawl out for like an hour and then a flaming yeah. whale appears. It's amazing. Yeah. Cam Simmons says Breath of the Wild. We talked about that. We spoke about that one. Nick Maloof says Bloodborne. Never played the real it. reason I got a PS4. I own Brandon's copy of it. <laughs> That's right. Ryan That's Conley right. says Red Dead 2. Which we talked, you talked about, talked about. Talk about a little bit. Mario, Mario Odyssey was on, on my uh, honorable mentions. Yep. Charlie Graziano wrote in when I put it out originally, and then a couple hours ago when I put it out again. So his first one was Breath of the Wild, and he says the world of Hyrule is beautiful and yummy. Couldn't agree more. And then Charlie also says Resident Evil Two Remake, which both these this is on my list. We talked about both of them. Yep. Liam Kane writes and says Persona Five Royal, which I've talked about. I shouted him out. Slash Bloodborne. And to cap off this podcast, and I think we should just say goodbye now, and I'll read this one. I had, before we do that, there are a couple things I wanted to say real quick. Okay. That to close out, uh, Joe Biden's our president now. Yes. Um, and I'm curious if anyone uh, heard where I ate the Kit Kat in, last, in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot so, uh, about that, honestly. Shoot me, shoot me a message on Instagram if you heard me eat the Kit Kat. <laughs> I bet the floodgates are open now. 
All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Did you like to say goodbye before I read the yeah. closing statement? Uh, thanks for listening. All right. Kyle LaBurge says, UFC 2, the greatest game we're going to see for a long time.